Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyerup904.com. Rise and shine! Google, it's go time on a Friday morning. Is it a football Friday? Does flag football on Sunday count? Ah, it's among the concepts we will kick around this morning. Thanks for being up and at him with us to GFL Friday. We got one more off week and then they'll play the Super Bowl, but the off week includes the newfangled Pro Bowl, skills competition, flag football game. Kind of a whole new era. They finally realized that playing a real football game on Sunday that had devolved into not really ever being a real football game wasn't the best idea, and so they have this new format. And so I want to start this morning with an out-of-context message. Rather than a text message, a context message. And it was just this. I woke up this morning because I, I had phone had died by the time probably. And E.T. texted to both Dan and I. That was pretty cool. Okay? I don't I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what it's, hold on. <laughs> I don't know what it's in reference to. I, so immediately I'm scaring my brain. I'm scaring my brain. I'm scaring my brain. Okay, that was cool. That was cool. What are we talking about? Was I supposed to be watching something tonight? What's going on? Clicked it on Sports Center. I had a cup of coffee. Started to wake up. Okay, that was pretty cool. It's really now I'm like, come on, I got to get the context of this. What is this? And so I determined as I'm watching Sports Center and they show a quick blip of the skills challenge at the Pro Bowl, I say, ah, I wonder yep. if that's what it was. Yep. So I come in today, Et, and I and I ask you, uh, how how much of it did you see, and what what did you think of that aspect of it? You know, this isn't really, you know, I don't think we put all the 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 eggs in this basket as far as the Pro Bowl weekend goes. The big switchover is going to be on Sunday afternoon, where typically you would put the Pro Bowl game on. Which, by the way, you're going to be surprised when I tell you how popular that game that we all about is. And the importance here of what the target is, gang. Target audience is not, it's, it's, it's not old football fans. It's, it's kids. It's young people. Think back to when you, I mean, I loved the Pro Bowl game when I was a kid. Trying to find if we had a guy on my favorite team on there and just watching the stars. But playing how they played, you know, more football. But times change, things change. And if you're, nothing wrong with having a target audience. Nothing wrong with throwing a flag football game one weekend. And let's see what happens as far as the TV eyeballs on Sunday. I'm curious if folks out there are going to, are, are you going to watch? I'm not going to make an appointment to watch. Am I going to check it out? You bet I am. Do I check out the Pro Bowl every year? Huh? Not so sure. Not so sure I do. The Pro Bowl game, once it devolved to the state that it is now, which is just hike, lines of scrimmage, stand up, and, you know, dap each other. You know, it's just, it's not. So, at least they'll be playing some sort of competition. Now, the flag football festivities and fun are going to last until some dude tears an ACL or pulls an Achilles. And then, oh, wait, I don't know if that was a good idea. I don't know. We shall see. What did you think of it, E.T.? What, what, how, what part of the skills did you see? And I talk about this now with you, my man, because our guy, Hick, dang near gets offended when we talk <laughs> yeah. about this new Pro Bowl. 
What I like the most, um, well, I forgot all about it also until, you know, shout out the Jaguar social media team because they started posting Trevor and Agnew. Okay. So that's when I tuned in. And then they were talking a lot about uh, cars. Like, you know, he was joking about leaving Vegas. But Huntley, the the, the passing challenge, I, I really find that uh, intriguing because those guys are so accurate yeah. when they're throwing that ball and trying to hit the moving targets. How did uh, how did Trevor do in that? I didn't even get to you see get his. To see Trevor. No, I just, he, Huntley's was the only one I saw. How was he good? Huntley was pretty good. Yeah, yeah he was pretty good. He he's the only one that almost hit. Um, it was a ten pointer, and he had to throw the ball like forty or fifty yards into a, a bucket. Okay, and he's the only one that came came even, even close. Yeah, but what I liked the most was the catch. So they had Justin Jefferson. Um, they had somebody at the top of like a, a the Eiffel Tower, obviously the one in right. Vegas. Yeah, it was uh, who was the quarterback? It was Matt Liner, and he couldn't see Justin Jefferson, but he was tossing the football to Justin Jefferson, and he was trying to catch it with one hand. Okay, so that was pretty cool because people don't know how hard that is. But what was more impressive was he was going against Amon Saint Amon Ross Saint Brown, who he was running in a pool like he ran on top of like floating floaties on a pool to catch a ball. But then he did a front flip off of a trampoline into the pool while catching the ball. All right, so it's Stream, just, yeah, you know, it's little cool stuff like that. Just a bunch of dudes hanging out and, and throwing it around. Here's right. what it, here here is look the last year's Pro Bowl got six point six million viewers. So I, I don't know what that what, how that would relate to say I don't know. Let's do this. Let's do twenty twenty two NBA Finals TV rating and let's see what we got. The Pro Bowl, which, by the way, and, and more on this in just a second. But uh, anyway, um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, about twice as much, in fairness to the NBA. 12.4 million watched last year's finals. But, okay, and here's why the switch has come. Go back to 2013, 12 million were watching the Pro Bowl. The ratings have continued to kind of tick down to the point that last year's 6.6 million was the smallest TV audience uh, since 2006. Uh, 2021, there was no game. That was after the COVID year. Uh, but 8 million, 8 8.2, 8.5, 7.5, 8, 8.7, 11.3, 12.1. That's the millions uh, of viewers over the past decade. And so they were going the wrong direction. Will the flag football um, draw 6.6 million? We'll see. Almost 6.7, I almost said. So. Anyway, we'll track down maybe some um, uh, some of the goings-on in Vegas where Trevor and Agnew, like you said, are at least a part of the festivities. I was wondering this now. I did watch some of the Pebble Beach golf yesterday. Is it okay that while the, the league is celebrating in Vegas with the Pro Bowl and the Pro Bowl festivities, is it okay... That a couple of the faces of your league that make in excess of 30, 40, in one case, $50 million a year, is it okay they're just playing some golf tournament, some celebrity golf tournament, instead of being at the Pro Bowl? If they're Pro Bowlers, which they are. Oh, yeah. Is there any obligation <laughs> to the league at all? And I know, look, outside, you got your own time, but man, they make a lot of money from that National Football League. I mean, if you're Josh Allen, man, I mean... You're making your $35 million and the Pro Bowl's going on, and your fans and your team and your league, they'd love to see you out there in the throwing competition, wouldn't they? But you're playing Spyglass yesterday, you know, teamed with some 
a PGA player. Any, I, I don't feel strongly about that one way or the other, but I did find the juxtaposition of those two scenes um, interesting, you know, to say the least. So there is uh, that. Oh, boy, E.T., there's some hurt feelings in the NBA today. Today's hurt feelings day. Word. Yeah, today's the day that you just, um, you know, you, you wonder why me, or in some uh, uh, cases scream, oh, the how snubs. can it not be me? Oh, yeah, it's snub day. Nobody, hey, nobody gets that those, those that underwear more tightly bunched than an NBA player. They're <laughs> biggest true. Di- the biggest divas in sports play in the NBA. Yeah, but but Madden snubs, those guys get hurt. They're butt hurt, too. They get butt hurt there, too. Yeah, but the NBA, the all-star snubs for sure. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and by the way, because of how we talk about the NBA, I'm not trying to convert you if you don't watch the NBA. That's fine. I get it. Whatever. I do. The talent level in the league right now is stupid good. It's stupid good. It's like, who do you replace? Okay, that guy has a point. Who are you going to take off? Well, my point is going to be this. In the league with the smallest rosters by a mile versus baseball and NFL. And, right, I'm going to include those as, quote, the big three. I mean, you got a 12, 15-man roster in the NBA, 53, 60 in the NFL, even more, more a 40-man total roster in Major League Baseball, you know, 28 play on game day. So you, you got rosters half the size of those other leagues, yet I feel like there are more legitimate snubs from the NBA All-Star game than there are from those other leagues. Than there are from, I think there are more snubs from the NBA All-Star game just based on, on, on talent and the seasons they're having. Imagine if the Pro Bowl, when the voting came out, the leading rusher did get in. Okay? I mean, Trey Young leads the NBA in assists. Not, you know, not, not, this isn't a Trey Young argument. I'm using him strictly from a, you know, an all-star perspective. Um, okay, he's got the most total assists, but at 9.9 uh, overall. Tyrese Halliburton, who was an all-star, averages 10.3. Uh, Jokic, man, averages 10.1. That's so crazy. He is just a big. <laughs> a baller. He's a baller. <laughs> And he's nifty with it too. Um, he, it, yeah, he's just so, uh, yeah, he just, yeah, he's doing the little. He's almost like the, you know what he is? Those big blow up dolls at the car, and they go down and then right. they walk back up, <laughs> all arms and legs. That's Jokic down in the paint. That's your post up, and he just does one of those moves. That, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. But uh, I mean, look. De'Aaron Fox having an unbelievable year, and the and the Kings are playing great. Doesn't get on the All Star team. Trey Young is, look, you, you can like him. He can be polarizing. Dude averages twenty eight points a game and and over nine assists. The most total assist in the NBA, Trey Young, which means he's playing more than than most, and that's even missing some games. I mean, Trey Young's an All Star. Trey Young is what the NBA All Star game's for. If we're getting the coaches so involved that, you know, they're taking. They're, they're trying to put together these, quote, teams. Stop it. I don't know if y'all have been watching the All-Star game. The NBA All-Star game has become, you know, and one. Uh, Aaron Gordon, really good year for the for Denver this year. Uh, Pascal Siakam, having a career year. Putting up huge numbers. James Harden is having a really good year this year for the Sixers. Um, but no. 
Paul George gets in over De'Aaron Fox. That shouldn't have happened. Fox is, averages more points. He averages more assists. He's got a better shooting percentage. And he's played more games. Well, how is Paul George an all-star and De'Aaron Fox isn't? I mean, uh, Anthony Edwards didn't make the all-star team. Having a heck of a year. So, uh, Jalen Brunson of the Knicks. Been worth every uh, penny that they spent in free agency. He deserves it over Julius Randle on his own team who's going to the All-Star game. Trey Young. Look, he's, he's shooting's been a bit shaky. But in the last 20 games, he's averaging 28 points on 60% shooting plus 10 assists a game. Um... He missed out on the All-Star game last year. I guess it's it's just there's so much offense in a game, I, I guess. Uh, James Harden, averaging over 20 points a game. True true, true shooting percentage, 60%. Uh, percent. Um, meanwhile, Drew Holiday is making the All-Star? Drew Holiday is better than Trey Young or James Harden? De'Aaron Fox? What? I guess they do it by, I don't know why they do it by East and West anymore either. That's also dumb. Why are we doing East and West? We're picking the team before the game. We're not doing it by conference. I mean, they use that East-West and they put the starters and then you're going to pick back and forth? Like Sandlot. Yeah, you're going to, I mean, you're just not going to end up East versus West anyway. So, uh, like I said, Aaron Gordon's having a good year. Siakam's having a great year. And, and, and yeah, you get some hurt feelings in the NBA now. They don't mess around. All right, we had a coaching move in our conference, in our division, rather. I think it deserves a a little bit more focus when we come back on the other side. Because I will say that this is what I – and I watched D'Amico Ryan's press conference yesterday. I'm a little bit intrigued by Houston, the possibilities that are there. Look, if they get the right young quarterback, and odds are they're going to have their choice. Maybe somebody trades over them. uh, Houston, They're going to end up with one of the two. Now, the word seems to be that C.J. Stroud, a little bit bigger body, might be the the choice over Bryce Young, but those two each will have big expectations uh, placed on them. I think if I were a team, you know, like the Jaguars have been, and I was getting one of those two guys, I'd be really super excited about what could be coming. So you do have that there if you're Houston. But anyway, I you know, often a coach will take a job, and he will tell you it's his dream job. Right, and I get it. You're excited. It's easy to be uh, okay. Most of the time, it's just kind of white noise. We don't pay attention to it much, one way or the other. But I, I bet you, if we went around, you know, all these press conferences, half of them a year, with the coach will tell you he's got his dream job and what an opportunity. He's nowhere else he'd rather be, you know, et cetera. Well, that got put to the test with D'Amico Ryan's hiring yesterday, and I think the evidence supports that being a true statement coming from him, which is kind of odd when we fill in the blanks. And that's what we'll do when we come back on the other side. Also, Captain Kevin Favor and more. It's a GFL Friday on the drill. All right, we're back. Sitting out in SOS. Captain Kevin Favor right now. Trying to link up with a good cap. Uh, If and when we do, we'll get you that fishing information if we don't then you know 
put it in the water, see what happens. <laughs> That's be my fishing forecast for you. Looks kind of nasty, to be honest with you. Some weather's going to blow through today. Going to be nasty tomorrow. Uh, the fishing has been good. And if you are into that kind of thing, you probably already have your plan and you're ready to go, don't you? I just like talking to Kevin, to be honest with you. Continuing to try and forge that friendship. All right. Um, got some deets here from uh, Trevor. I watched his performance. Shout out to the text lines. Thanks for sending me the uh, link from NFL.com. But Trevor was first up in this precision passing. Look, they just have some AFC versus NFC skills challenge. They do some different things. You heard ET talking about the catch. They they played the dodgeball yesterday. But what's interesting, most interesting to me, it was Trevor in in the you know the passing competition called precision passing. He had to go first. Did okay. Respectable nineteen points. That was part of a win for the AFC. They won seventy one fifty five over those inaccurate NFC passers. Derek Carr led the way. Uh, talk about accuracy. He had a funny quip, too, but um, he had 31 points. That was 10 more than anybody else participating, so that shows you um, that, that Trevor's 19 points is right up there, you know, second, third most. Um, we also have a players all-pro vote. Um, in the inaugural Players All-Pro team, it was voted on by NFL players only. And the Jaguars show up a little bit better than the media give them credit for. Okay? Again, there's different. The AP, the football writers, AP, whatever the brand is, that, that is the traditional MVP and Pro Bowl teams and All-Pro team. But now you've got different platforms like Pro Football Focus will put out their All-Pro team. Pro team. It'll combine some... Um, you know, it will combine some elements. Now, this all-pro team that was announced by the play, this isn't a new announcement of who the team is, but we're now learning where some some guys sorted out in in the voting. And so Brandon Sheriff and, and Evan Ingram didn't make it to the Pro Bowl or the all-pro, but their peers noticed them. Scherf finished with the third most votes among right guards. And uh, Ingram finished with the fifth most votes in the NFL at tight end. So let's think immediately about the top tight ends in the NFL, right? Immediately you got you got Kelsey, you got Mark Andrews, um, you got Kittle, right? Those three are pretty much we agree consistently. And then there are a bunch of other guys. So for Evan Ingram to catch the league's eye, uh, his players, his peers' eye to the point that he got the fifth most votes. Um, Jamal Agnew, fifth among kick returners. I'm surprised that's not even higher. He was named to the Pro Bowl roster earlier this week. You know, you you forget about Sheriff being part of the, you know, this free agency class that has done wonders for the Jags. But, um, the way they have built this team Look, and you're gonna you're gonna take chances on free agents. Some are more sure things than Sheriff was, but you know, to have those two guys um you know come in and make that kind of impact, it it's it, what in part is taking you to another level. We almost forget that Brandon Sheriff was just joined the team. He's only been here for right. 
You almost feel like Sheriff came in two years ago because we had pl- spent so much time on on what these other guys that were added. When you really look at what the Jaguars did in free agency as a total, and you remember that Brandon Scherf was a big part of that, and definitely an upgrade over Norwell, the last quote pro bowler we brought in. But you got Sheriff. I mean, Aluakin led the league in tackles. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram just completely revamped the passing attack. Darius Williams was much needed at a position that struggled at times this year. I mean, really, the uh, Arden Key did his part. I mean, really, if only Fadakasi, the only one that didn't live up, and he, ironically, he may have gotten more money than any of them, other than Sheriff. Anyway, I digress. Uh, by the way, just to kind of sum up what we watched in the skills challenge last night, what little we did, and, of course, concentrating there on what Trevor um, was up to. Um, shout out to one player. Shout out to Tyler Huntley, uh, who came up clutch. I mean, look, it, it, he became, it's a kind of a, it's a punchline, man. Dude threw two touchdowns all year. I mean, he, he is kind of why his team just petered out. Didn't, you know, the Ravens didn't win anything the last month and a half. There were jokes at his expense. Uh, Huntley said yesterday, though, he feels like he's in a movie after doing pretty well in the precision passing portion of the skills competition, said he's taking it all in. Lamar Jackson, no. Uh, Josh Allen, no thanks, I'm playing golf. Patrick Mahomes, whoops, I got the Super Bowl. Tua, uh, I've been in the concussion protocol. Joe Burrow, uh, it still stings from Sunday's loss. I mean, the quarterback's just falling left and right, and Huntley um, put up 21 points. That was two more than Trevor did in the precision passing. So um, I'm sure if you're a Ravens fan, you're like, great, where was that precision in January? Anyway, I want to get to this uh, D'Amico Ryan's story. Now, look, there is a missing element to the point that I'm making here, and so I'll grant you that. And, And that element is... Who did the Den- before we get to D'Amico Ryan's and the Houston Texans? Who did the Denver Broncos really want at head coach? And what I mean is this: they signed Sean Payton. They had to give up more draft uh, capital. More on a comparison to that end in a second. Um. So before I let you hear from D'Amico Ryan's and the in the prospect of his dream job. Did D'Amico Ryan turn down the Broncos, or did he just say that I'm no longer interested? Um, you know, there were some reports that he was the Broncos' third choice, but they didn't say who the this is like. You know, one of these online reporters. Um, in fact, there was a, a tw- you know Twitterless Jeff here, but uh, let's see, it's the uh, Woody Page. Tied into to Denver. Woody Page tweeted, D'Amico Ryans tells Broncos he's not interested. He was their third number one choice. Um, so there can be a little bit of discrepancy about just how the process went down. If D'Amico Ryans really did want the Denver job, was it actually available? He makes it sound um, yesterday 
you know, when he was announced in Houston, like it, it was a matter of choosing one over the other. And here is D'Amico Ryans on taking over the Houston Texans. Now here with the Texans, I can't thank you enough, Kyle. All right, Nick, can't thank you guys enough for believing in me right, to give me this opportunity to lead the Texans, the team that drafted me here in 2006. I mean, this is just, it's a surreal moment for me. And I'm, Thankful, thankful to God that he's just paved the way for me through everything that I've been through in life and for my paths to end back up here in my home in H-Town where it all started. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a truly, it's, it's a blessing that um, it's still, you know, still for me, I'm still trying to believe it, <laughs> right? So but there you go. And he goes on to call it literally as a dream job and implies that he would rather be there than Denver. I mean, he referenced Denver. I can't imagine. You know, see what I'm saying? He said that it was a no-brainer for him to be in Houston. Yeah. And, but but and he even, like, said the word Denver as part of his answer, right? Comparing, like, oh, I could have had the Denver job, right? And so if that is actually the case and he, you know, and he chose the Houston Texans over the Denver Broncos, I mean, think about what I'm saying. There is no comparing the, the, the foundation, the year-to-year, you know, solidness of those two franchises. The Denver Broncos are a long-running, traditional uh, franchise, been to multiple Super Bowls, won multiple Super Bowls with a year-to-year expectation and the support that comes with it of being a winner. The Denver Broncos would be you know, in the top five to ten of NFL franchises, this DNA that I love to speak of. The Broncos don't, you know, of all the teams, there have been teams that disappear for seven, eight, ten years, maybe one playoff appearance and a bunch of top ten draft picks. The Broncos are never that team. That's a good franchise. Now, they've given up a lot of resources. If you're looking at just the immediate future, it's 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 a climb. But the Broncos ended up with Sean Payton. They liked him enough to trade a lot of draft picks. So, you know, whether or not D'Amico Ryans could have had that job and chose Houston over Denver, I don't know. All that being said, are we sure Houston isn't the better job? Is Houston the better job? Houston went 3-13-1. Refresh my memory. I don't remember the Broncos rattling off 10 wins last year. We kind of know the mindset of the Houston Texans of the players on that roster with nothing to play for. They went out and won. They balled, yeah. They went out and won a game. It didn't even matter. They they don't care who the number one pick is. They don't care what's what. We're going to go try and win a football game. They took the, they really, the only bad game they played in the last month and a half was the whacking that we gave them on the road. But Houston, remember, they took Kansas City to overtime. They beat some, who'd they beat? They beat somebody. Um. Well, obviously they beat the, beat the Bears. Was it the Bears they beat? It? Yeah, the Bears they beat in the last game, right? That decided it. Is that who Houston beat in the final game? Wasn't it? Wasn't it the Bears? That's why they lost the number one pick because they they they. Colts. That's right. They wanted Indy and the Bears. Meanwhile, yep, the Colts uh, lost. That's what it was. You're right. 32-31. They won at Tennessee, 19-14, down the stretch. They yep. went, went two and one in those last three against the division. The one loss, they got blown out. All right, so yep. 
anyway, my point being, it's not like um, Denver is in much better shape. The Broncos last year went 5-12. and 12. You could argue weren't as competitive down the tail end of the uh, season. We saw what the Broncos were made of, too, when the Rams, who, by the way, tremendously underachieved, beat them 51-14. to 14. You tell me which group of guys is fighting harder. The one who wins the last week of the season and could have had the number one pick or the one that loses 51-14 on Christmas at the sorry Rams? Tell me who's trying harder. Okay? Now, the, the Broncos have Russell Wilson, which, you know, until this offseason was looked on as a bonus, and now on it's looked on very cynically. Russ wasn't any good last year. But then there's this. All right? You tell me which job is better. The Denver... Or which would you rather have? If you're D'Amico Ryan's ET, would you rather have the number two overall pick, which will be the quarterback that you want, the number 12 overall pick, the number 33, 65, and 73? You have five of the first set. Does this sound familiar? This sounds like a... a, a, a the situation the Jags were in a couple years ago. Uh-huh. They have five of the top 73 picks in the draft. And by the way, have seven more picks after that. They have 12 total picks this year. Five are in the first three rounds. Three are in the top 33. And you get what many are going to be forecasting as one of those franchise-level quarterbacks. The Broncos have six total picks. And their first pick doesn't come until the third round. Now, in fairness, they would have not had to give up those draft picks had they hired D'Amico Ryan, so you'd be tacking on a couple more as, as to make the equation uh, easier. But what I'm saying here, outside of D'Amico Ryan's and, and this being his dream job and the sincerity he seemed to bring that with yesterday as he brought in his family, again, there is probably something to being, you know, returning to where they drafted you. D'Amico Ryan's played at, um, at Alabama, right? Isn't that where D'Amico Ryan's came from? I, it, Feels right. Yeah. Where's he from? He's from Houston. He's. I mean, I know he played there. He calls it his hometown. Is that where he's like born? Born in? That's where he comes off. Uh, no, he's from Alabama. Went to high school in Alabama. Born in Alabama. But you know, he he. It's the Houston is going there as their second round pick. I believe his first pick of the second round out of Bama and went there in 2006. So that's the homecoming that he speaks of. But look. Yeah, second we, round, 30, 33rd pick. We, we know how real that is. Look at all the former Jaguars that are here. Look at all. You don't even see them out and about. You don't even know how many of them are here, man. You'll run into James Stewart, first-round pick of the Jags way back when. You go to a place early in your career. You're often putting in your roots. You're starting your family. It means something. So if you have the opportunity to go back, and the Houston Texans are probably closer. I think the Texans are going to be the second the second best team to the Jags here as this division grows and we, you know, a Texans-Jaguars rivalry spicing up and replacing the Tennessee-Jaguars rivalry I think is very possible if, and this is a big if, if they hit a home run with that quarterback pick, if they get the right one. If, say, Stroud is great and, and you know, Young isn't or the other way around or it really should have been, you know, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson all along. If you get the right guy, when we look five years from now, 
this talented, highly acclaimed class of, of quarterbacks coming in from college, if Houston gets the right one, they get first pick, well, probably first pick of them. But if, if Houston gets the right one, I think they're the biggest threat to what to what the Jaguars are building. Tennessee is on borrowed time. Enjoy it while it lasts, boys. We're going to kick those teeth in another couple times next year just so you guys have a couple to remember us by. Yeah, you're going to get kicked right in that mouth again next year. So come on back. Titans, we'll play you in Jacksonville, Tennessee. We can take it to London on the back street, whatever you want. We're going to punch you right in the nose again. And Derrick Henry is going to age out here in three or four years, and their quarterback situation is certainly unsettled. So I'm not sure Houston... With all, and now they got to hit these draft picks, but all these draft picks. And Tamiko Ryan seems to be the real deal when it comes to coaching prospects, too, now. You know, uh, Tamiko Ryan's very highly thought of as that up and coming young uh, quarterback. The interesting thing to me is, mo- uh, I mean, coach, do most of these young coaches that are winning ET, most of them are coming from the offensive side of the ball. That's the only thing that concerns me about Tamiko Ryan's. I like my coaches to come from the offensive side of the ball. I do. They don't all. Bill Belichick didn't. But I like them, but you look at the young guys who have seeded, like whether it's uh, Sean McVay offensive side of the ball, whether it's um, uh, 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 Matt LaFleur offensive side of the ball for, for Green Bay. That's uh, just the way the game is trending now. The, um, uh, Press Taylor's brother, Zach Taylor of the Bengals, offensive side of the ball. These guys come from the offensive uh, side of the ball. You pair them with a great defensive mind and, you know, you go to, you go to work. And again, not to say that, Coaches who matriculate from the defensive side of the ball can't, you know, can't can't be effective. And maybe just this brief statistical analysis is skewed a little bit because so many more coaches in the NFL are from the offensive side of the ball. So there is that. Anyway, we got a football fix. More from around the league when we come back on the other side. We got the quarterback whisperer today. Also, the River City Rumble played out last night, um, stage one at least. And I will uh, let you know who won round one, UNF and JU basketball, last night on JU's campus tomorrow at UNF. So got that when we return as well. Thanks for being up and listening uh, with us. It's a GFL Friday on The Drill. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Derek Carr showed him how to do it last night in Vegas, so this is funny. Uh, Derek Carr's another one of those late entries into the skills competition. And so last night was precision passing. I got some updates on Trevor. Trevor was a late ad. He got there a couple hours before. All the other Jokers got to practice the, the course the day before. That might have mattered a few points. He still did fine. He had 19 points, uh, the AFC won, but Carr was the best by a mile. He had 31 points. Next closest was 21. He was that good, that accurate on, well, what used to be home turf. Here he is in a quick interview after his performance. I am so, listen, Derek, you've thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. It's uh, probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> Ouch. Um. Yeah, it just doesn't uh, look. You see the accuracy, it just doesn't add up with Derek Carr. You keep waiting for him. I, I 
we we had a conversation about him and we this topic yesterday. Is there a veteran quarterback out there that scares you to death that really is going to pose a threat to these young guns, these young studs who already have success and confidence moving forward? I don't know. Derek Carr will be starting somewhere, though. He should be. He'd be an upgrade over over a, a bunch of other situations. I think we've established D'Amico Ryan's won his press conference, right, E? Winner, yeah, you co- Yeah, you come in. It's my dream job. I love it here. I'm back home. We're good. You you know, this, this perception. He chose the job over others that were available. That's great. Uh, of course, winning the press conference doesn't mean a damn thing. Just like losing the press conference, we now know, obviously, doesn't mean a gosh darn thing. Because I'll take you back almost two years to the day when Nick Sirianni was hired by the Philadelphia Eagles. In hindsight, it's the criticism that looks foolish. It does. They mocked him for the terminology that he used and this perception that he was just flying by the seat of his pants. And Was he the one that said about the receipts? No, no. The okay. receipts is uh, solid. And he said it after the fact. Yeah, we're keeping receipts. No, but here I'm going to read you what they wrote about their new guy. Okay? This is from Philly. The Nick Siriana era. The Nick Siriana era in Philly is off to an absolutely hilarious start. One of his answers is getting roasted by NFL fans. He was outlining his plan how to make the Eagles better and telling reporters that it was what was important to him. Then all of a sudden he began talking about systems and he just wouldn't stop. It was all about systems, the system, systems. It was like he started a sentence, had no idea where it was going, but he just kept rolling with it. And then all of a sudden we have a first class meme. All right, memes on you because I read this now in his use of system and what he's saying Sounds pretty spot on smart to me. You ready? This is the answer that got him ridiculed. You've heard by now, oh, Sirianni, he was a joke in his press comments, right? You've heard that, E.T.? Without even knowing the specifics, you just remember he was, you know, flummoxed, it would seem. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he just didn't know him yet. Here's what he actually said. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team that we have a smart football team here, and I know we have the people in place to do it. The first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going to we're going to know, we're going to have systems in place that are easier to learn. All right, complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn because when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. What's ridiculous sounding about that? Because he used the word system instead of like a more, you know, football relevant term, I guess. Our stuff, our system, whatever. Okay, then they, so then they continue. Just classic coach speech from Sirianni here. Absolutely classic. He said everything really just to say absolutely nothing besides the fact that the Eagles will have uh, systems in place for things and it'll work or well, it should. Yeah, who's laughing now there, Einstein? And then the memes and the and the you know and the and the hits came, you know, from around the league. Everyone's funny. Everyone's making fun of what he said and did it make any sense? System. And then they conclude the the article about introducing their new head coach, poor Sirianni. What an introductory press conference. The only thing that was really smart and prescient about the column that was written was this sentence. To be fair to him, none of this really matters. He doesn't have to be a great public speaker to be a great head coach. 
He might just not be the greatest at this part of the job, and that's okay. And and again, I would uh, repeat what he said made sense. It was spot on, and I would suggest now that, well, his team is smart and knows their systems. I get, What is he supposed to say? Game plans or, or preparation? What is it you're supposed to use there rather than systems? I mean, I don't – that's the part looking back that I don't – Anywho, fire up the band. we got a football fix. Just going to give you a couple other highlights from around the NFL. Uh, Joe Mixon has an arrest warrant out for a menacing charge. Aggravated menacing. It was filed Thursday. Bengals say they're aware and are investigating. He allegedly pointed a gun at an individual, Jan 21, and said the person should be, quote, popped in the face. Uh, Warren states the incident occurred in the intersection of Walnut Street and East 3rd Street in uh, Cincinnati one day before they beat the Bills in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. I mean, if I'm in the NFL, I'm like, hmm, what? I guess maybe had to do some due diligence before, you know, you knew whether or not Joe Mixon could play against the Bills and Chiefs. Kind of what it seems like. This happened January 21st. Uh... Mixon's agent expects for the uh, charges to be dropped. I mean, again, you want that—that that would be the definition of menacing, by the way. Getting a gun pointed right at you. Look, Joe Mixon is fortunate in many ways. He came back from what? He came back from the uncomebackable. That video of Joe Mixon at Oklahoma and that girl in that cafeteria. As. That was bad. That was hugely bad. He was yeah. given a huge pass, a huge. Right, right, huge, man. That's correct. And so you have an obligation, an extra obligation of being an extra solid citizen when we give you that pass. So he, if this is true, he might be done. Like, <sighs> right, that's that's a bad one. Um. Continuing with more from a football fix. I I'm just I'm just kind of just contemplating just what exactly you know that visual, right? And the fact that it happened before the Bengals' last two games were played, and that no, and it was. Are we just learning now, or has it been kind of brushed aside? And we'll let you know after we're done. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you heard from Derek Carr there on why he's not going to be in Vegas anymore. So it was his last appearance at the uh, facility. Um, no intention of extending a trigger date on February 15th. That'll give the team additional time uh, to revolve, uh, resolve the situation. That's football fix. Uh, you're welcome. River City Rumble goes to UNF. They jumped out big on JU yesterday. And uh, so round one goes to the Ospreys. I think the overall series is like 21-19 now. And, and last year, JU, if I remember, just put a number on UNF at home. And I think they swept the season series. I told you UNF had lost six out of seven in three straight. They needed that game yesterday at Swisher. And, and you know, Coach Mincy there had been undefeated at home until a couple of home games ago. And now they've lost a couple in the last uh, three weeks. UNF takes round one, the second part of the, uh, the uh, River City Rumble is tomorrow at UNF. I believe tip time on that one, 5 o'clock. Yeah, I got to go, man. Yeah, they, uh, that UNF, they, it was a good atmosphere last night. You said Josh Allen was yeah, at the Josh game, Allen taking it there. in. Uh-huh. And they've got a, that the game day atmosphere at UNF is cool. They do the swoop, and they do all these different, 
you know, deals and the fans respond with a chance. And I got to be in the bitty, man. Yeah, well, go in there and do it. Get on over there tomorrow. All right, uh, Hick and Arrival, more come your way next. It's a GFL Friday on the drill. Ladies and gents, please put your hands together as Dan Hicken enters the studio. Until the water balloon toss, Jeff. I didn't watch. <laughs> I didn't see the balloon toss. How'd the AFC do? How are we doing so far in the standings? I don't know. I, oh, it's too bad. I saw Trevor throw. That'd be fun to watch. That was fun. He had yeah. no warm-up, by the way. Everyone else got to practice. He got well, there late. the other thing that he did wrong, he was fine. He he took too long between throws. Yeah, he would, just, like, look around. Yeah. And, right. Oh, okay, I'll go here. Yeah. You just got to go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because he, he hit his two first four pointers, he had he had he a probably lot. Probably got like twenty five. If he, he was fine, he faster. was fine. So it was cool watching him. And then uh, Carr put him to victory. And typical Derek Carr. That's his crowding moment. <laughs> crowding achievement, not, man. N- not untrue. I won the. Uh, I won the precision. Led the passing. AFC to victory with precision passing, and yeah. then. Yeah, I I gave up on the. Who won uh, the long drive? I don't know. I had three guys swinging know. worse than me, so. I saw uh, it was uh, Jordan Pr- Pryor, the the. Uh, oh, oh so, Pryor. So, the, so, okay. I, so I, I, my money had been on the kicker Tucker, right? The he, kickers are always good. Golfers. It came down to his very last swing, and uh-huh. he took that thing out of there. Yeah. It, but before him, I want to say either C.J. Mosley or, or T.J. Hawkinson had the longest. We had a guy running up to the ball right and now. swinging. We had uh, yeah. Wow, that was jo- some good stuff. Jordan Poyer, three twenty. Yeah, he, he knocked that thing out. Uh, yeah, Hawkinson had hit it. Um, oh, no, I got on the daggum athletic, which means I can't go any further. Hold on. <laughs> I hate it when you go in somewhere, they click in, and then you got to. It's a dollar a month. You, you can sign up for that. Sucker. I guess. I'm not doing it right this second. Though. <laughs> oh, let's see. NFC won the. Oh, yeah, we dominated. Yeah. We won the long drive, oh, the we, lightning round, the precision we, passing. Yeah, dodgeballs. Peyton's, whipping, Peyton's whipping Eli is what you're telling uh, me. As usual. Well, it's funny you bring up Peyton, or that I bring up Peyton. Because it's a sort of an anniversary today, and I'm I'm going to demonstrate this to 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 demonstrate how life has changed in the United States of America. It's 20 years ago, Jeff, on this date in history, okay, that Peyton Manning uttered these famous words at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's hard to believe, Lamb. Here we are. I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. I'm about to go in and throw a touchdown to Jerry Rice. We're honoring the Hall of Fame. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So, hey, Al, Dan, what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. He has ruined kickers for life. Akers and Vinatieri, these guys are great guys. They've been getting killed all week because our idiot ran his mouth. So when I get home, I'll deal with it. Tony and I have talked about it. It's kind of funny, really, when you think about it. Uh, get in. If he is still a teammate, we'll deal with it. You know, that remains to be seen. But the sad thing is, Lynn, he's a good kicker. He's a good kicker, but he's an idiot. Hey, Dan, what do you think about this? <laughs> Peyton, I think you've already uh, dealt with it. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Welcome to ESPN tonight. Peyton Manning, 
horrible comments towards Mike Vanderjack. We'll break it down. Let's bring in Ryan Clark. Ryan, what do you think of Peyton's comments? Oh, I, I, I don't think you should say things like that. You can't go down that direction. Uh, uh, Teddy Bruschi, what, what's happening? Well, you know, it's 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 wrong to be so mean and 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 hateful. Peyton should probably be suspended. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. When you think back to what Vanderjack said, yeah, I mean, like, 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 um, threw Dungey and Manning Peyton. under the bus. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And then, by the way, he showed how tough he was. Yeah. He completely fell off the map. He couldn't make a kick well, again. Well, no, he had the chance to beat Pittsburgh yes, and sent him to the dadgum. I think it was a tie it up at least. It was that game though, right? That he's complaining about. No, it was a jet. It was all week before the Jets game. I'm like 18. We're gonna handle it. Me. And you were going to win this game. He's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Peyton, show some enthusiasm. You're the quarterback. We need to win this game. I just don't see it from him. We need somebody who's going to get in people's faces and yell and scream. <laughs> yeah. And he went after Dungy for not being a good motivator. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Nice job, Vander Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> then he missed the kick against missed, the Steelers. Yeah. And, then he, and then he could never resurface. That was it. He was like, Peyton had it nailed. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, kickers, one of the best kickers in the league, and then just to nothing. Yeah. So he never came back after that, though. Who? Vanderjack. He came back. I think at, he was still with the team after that. After he know. made the comments and yeah, Peyton said that, they didn't go back and fire him that offseason. No, I, I got you. So. Let me look. Because that was 20 years ago. I can't. So yeah, I don't. I don't 2003. I just, I recall the overall. Yeah, he kicked in four. And five with Indy, and then he went to Dallas for one year. All right, so they he kept him around for two more years, and yeah. then he ended up he went out uh, ingloriously because he missed important playoff field goals, and he See, got to the point he couldn't make anything. If he hadn't said that, he might be Pat McAfee today, making a hundred million dollars yeah, a year maybe. in Barstool. Yeah. Instead, he's the idiot liquored up kicker. Yeah, I don't know if he had the personality or the talent, but maybe you could be right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Um. You know what? I was sitting here thinking about it. if D'Amico Ryan's really had turned down the Broncos, that says something. And I guess what it really says is the Broncos' job isn't what it used to be. Like the well, Broncos are the far more stable, far more willing to spend, far more committed franchise historically. They're a top 10 DNA franchise in the league, if not higher. That's a good, stable, always continue. The Broncos never go AWOL and picking the top three for more than once every, you know, they don't stay bad. They're always aggressive. They're not perfect. But they won multiple Super Bowls over multiple eras. And you turn them down for a franchise that's what, been to the playoffs four or five times? Well, I'll say this. The Broncos for the longest time, they went like, I'm talking like three decades Remember we talked about them, Prost, like they didn't have like a losing record or something like that? Or they never had back-to-back losing. I think they never had back-to-back losing records for like 30 years. Like from, almost from the AFL days. They were, they were, they, so. It's a really good franchise. And they went to Super Bowls and such. And 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 you're right. It was, a, it was a, and it's a great fan base. There's a passionate fan base out there. Um, so there's a lot of positive. They have been lost in the woods, though. I mean, to your but point, since they until, won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but until recently. But I, I'm i not sure. I think they are more uh, more hype than they are substance right now. They haven't had a winning season since 16. I don't think they're as good anymore as they were. I mean, they, they've, they have no draft picks. Basically, all they're going to do, I don't know their cap situation, but I assume it'd be difficult – but basically, all they're going to do is add Sean Payton to the team and hope he can turn it around. 
to the same team that they had. Uh, they have a couple of third-round picks. It's the highest they pick. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the job that D'Amico Ryans took, they have the same um, uh, palette in front of them that the Jaguars had. Does yeah. this sound familiar? They have five of the top 73 picks in the draft. Yeah. They pick first. They pick second, 12th, 33rd. The Jags had a year. They did that same thing, mm-hmm. 65 and mm-hmm. 73. Mm-hmm. And then seven more picks after that. Yeah. And they're going to get a quarterback that you – I. I think most would say in three years would be better than Russell Wilson. They don't have, to me, the Bronx don't have the great pass rusher anymore. They got Vaughn and Chubb are both gone. Yeah. So I think it's a different – I, well, I think they're entering – I haven't had a winning year since 16. That surprises I would, me. I, would, I think I said this a few days ago in the downtime. I'd rather have the Houston job, and I think – Well, you said you'd rather have D'Amico Ryans, I think, was the downtime. That's what it was. That's what Payton. it was. Yeah. I never know what I'm saying. I, <laughs> I just got to I just it. I remembered that one because I, <laughs> I raised an eyebrow at that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'll stand by that. That's fine. I'll rather find out. You may be out. right. To me, it's just, it just reeks of staleness in, with all due respect to you, Joe, you wherever you are, but a little staleness in Denver. And, I, again, now Peyton's probably a better fit for that Denver franchise because he's been there, done that, so he might be able to help them a little bit more than – say, D'Amico Ryans could in Denver. So, D'Amico Ryans is probably in a good situation. The only thing I would say if I was D'Amico Ryans was, hey, listen, um, Mr. McNair, if I win three games, am I getting fired after one year like the last two guys that come through? I don't think anyone thinks that. But, yeah, that's a (laughs) – I mean – I I would say um, here's what – here's what – Because – say what you want about Lovey Smith, man. He, He won two of his last three. And had the dudes playing hard, and they're a terrible team now. Here, here's, here's the problem that I here's the biggest concern for me in hiring D'Amico Ryan's. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. not all. There are exceptions. The biggest exception is not going to get back there ever again. It doesn't look like. Seems like all the coaches, man, all the impact coaches come from the offensive side of the ball. Just hard to find the young defensive guy who makes the difference that the offensive guys make. And look at the Super Bowl. Both these guys, offensive-minded guys. Doug Peterson with us, offensive-minded. Almost all. Now, they're, not that you can't have success, but other than Belichick, give me the defensive guys going to win in the Super Bowl. Wow. Who is it? Because all the others, McVay, think about all the good teams in the league. Green Bay. It's because they're all getting hired, though. Well, okay. Well, there's Tell a me reason. the defensive failures. Not failures. Uh, Eberflus? Went three and went, got the number one pick. They got, got one year. Well, I don't care. He got yeah. hired by them, and he's got the number one. Like pick. I, I heard you say, Lafleur. Well, Lafleur had Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, okay. The, so I, I'm not ready to call him a great coach. I'm not. And, well, I and, am. And, he, and, and, yeah. and the guy in Cincinnati stunk until Joe Burrow came along. Well, I mean, he was terrible his first two well, years. So I, I, I would argue that a little bit. I just think that they're all getting hired because that's the way they want to go. But I, I'm ex- I, listen. And again, understand who's on Houston now. You know who their starting running back is, Pross? Well, it's Pierce. Yeah, but he got hurt. I know, but that's who it will be. Yeah. yeah. Goomba Wale. Yeah, well, no. that's the end of, At the end of the year, that's all the teams. Though. Brandon I think, Cooks. Oh, they played good defense all year. He's the only good receiver. And his defense Philip Dorsett mind. was playing for them. Uh, I've never heard of their tight end. Uh, again, they got guys hurt, so you're right. Um, Tunsil's getting up there. A.J. Can is their right guard. Um... Man, I just Petre's a good fo- good young football player. Uh, that's their that's their one guy. But I I, I oof, they they're gonna have to rebuild, and they will. They'll try to at least. 
key is getting the quarterback. Obviously, you got to hope you hit on. Well, they're gonna they, Bryce Young, Will Levis, or C.J. Stroud. Whoever you pick, better be the guy. Well, and in five, and if he is the guy in five years, it's, it's I guess kind of what I glean from all this. Mm-hmm. Do we? I mean, okay, we're homers. Whatever. Do we agree the Jaguars are the team to beat for the next five, ten years? Yeah, well, Assuming they stay, Trevor stays healthy. Well, it depends on who the other, but. Next year they are the team to beat. They will be the Jaguars will be the pick. I can't. I'm not going five years into the future. I mean, but I'll. Yes, overall that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Peyton, you could and should and did, and yeah. Luck, you could and should and did. You yeah. get that guy, you're going to be the team. I know it's nothing to be like, you know, worried about. I would substantially think that. I think the I think the Texans, if they we look five years from now and they mm-hmm. pick the right quarterback, mm-hmm. they're going to be the biggest threat. I think. I think that's the rivalry that's going to get steamy here for the next decade, you know, uh, from the Jags' perspective. The Titans are on borrowed time. They have quarterback issues and a franchise running back who at some point is going to wear good coach. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I don't think the Titans are as dead as some people think. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the way their season and it couldn't win a single game, yeah, all, of, all of which that mattered, and they had their guys out there going and just, I can't win. They didn't have a quarterback. Well, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Is that changing tomorrow? Yeah, Tannehill will be back. Well, even with him, who you know, who quarterbacked the thirty six twenty two game? It was Tanner. Yeah, yeah. I think that Houston has. I guess my the big the bigger point to me is I think Houston's got a. They, they, there's a seal in there. If they can <clears> the right one more bit of news about the Jags. Uh, a one to one financial poll question. A little bit surprising to me. Uh, the results. You only oh. get to keep one of these free agents. Who you got? Ingram, Taylor, or Key. Just Ingram, to take the temp- temperature of our of the boys and ladies out there. Uh, our Jags fans. That was pretty easy for me. Yeah. Overwhelming Ingram. Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah, hmm. I would think 95. I think there'd be some more Taylor in there. Jawan Taylor's important. I mean, that offensive line is important, man. I guess people look at it like this. Okay, if Jawan Taylor leaves, Walker Little, who played great down the stretch, hmm. steps in in his place. At right tackle. If Evan Ingram leaves. And then what happens, when, and then what happens when Cam or Walker Little gets hurt next year? Oh, because I mean, the, Well, the, the, every year... Offensive line, you got to have eight guys. Would you rather have Taylor than Ingram? I think I could make an argument for Taylor. Yeah. Would you rather though, if you were answering a question, if they said, "Hey, man, you can have Ingram or you can have Taylor," which one are you taking? I might take Taylor. Yeah, not me. I might be one of the fifteen percent. Arden Key, four point five percent. Quickly, we forget. What about uh-huh. Boozy? Who would Boozy vote for? E. Uh, I think he would vote for. You vote for Key. Yeah, he definitely vote for yeah. Key. Yeah, Boosie would vote for Key. He definitely vote for Key. I mean, he propped him up and got him some listens, some likes. Yeah, <laughs> Boosie ain't hurting for listens and likes. Boosie He's, ain't hurting for listens? No. Nah. Okay. He didn't He didn't re, re, reignite his career? No, he didn't reignite it. But career he, is ignited? Yeah, it's, it's, it's up. Is he a top tenner right now? Uh, no, no, no. No, he's not no. a top ten rapper right no. now. No, not all time, just right now. Correct. No, no, Mm-mm. Boosie not a top tenner. No, he's just well known in Jacksonville. Top three rappers right now, please. Drake, uh huh, Kodak, okay, Lil Baby, Lil Baby. There you go. You yeah. caught up. I always love the Lil. Lil. There's a lot of Lil. A lot of Lil. A lot of. A lot of Lil. Why do they go Lil? What does Lil mean? Lil? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know, I don't know why they just go come Lil. along, Lil. Lil. Or, or Young. Young. It's Young. Little Wayne, little Richard. I hope there's no uh, <laughs> little Richard, <laughs> little man Tate. <laughs> All right, let's rock and roll here. We got a good I, day. I, I hope. I hope. Don't bring me down. I hope that both either. Bruce. I I hope either that Florida State 
or the NCAA itself uh-huh. or the city of Tallahassee or the state of Florida, I hope they can afford the lawsuit that must come from this. What do you got? Duke head coach Kara Lawson. Oh, don't, don't do this to me. Said that when her young lady squad played at FSU on Sunday, they play the entire first half with a man's basketball. I mean, we got to be better than that. That doesn't sound fair at all to the ladies to have to use a man's basketball. This would never happen in a men's game. This would never happen, she said. It's embarrassing for our sport. <laughs> DeSantis, and the, better better rally oh, up those God. lawyers. Why do we do this? Make sure you're ready to fight back against this oppression <sighs> of the two-inch basketball. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Back with more next. Oh, boy. Did it. I'm going to ask you a question, okay? This is okay. A, this is a question, not, All a, right. not an opinion. Yes. In other words, yes. you don't need to shade this question into me giving you my opinion in the form of a question, but I wonder what you think. All right? <laughs> okay. You'll do that. I'll do that? Yeah. We will both will. Oh, we will okay. both do that. All right. Um, what does Josh Allen make for the Buffalo Bills? What does he make? Yeah. $35 million. He got one of the deals, right? Know. Yeah. But he got all passed by. But, what, yeah, he makes a lot. What does Aaron Rodgers make for the Green Bay Packers? 50, $50 million. He's, a, he's the poster boy right now, the eye guy. You make $35 million working for a company. Yeah. The National Football League. Mm-hmm. You work for a franchise of mm-hmm. that company. Mm-hmm. So if I paid you $50 million and you work for, you know, um, McDonald's. Yeah. Burger King has a big corporate event, and it's a big, high-flying, fun event, and it coincides with our annual symposium that I'd like you to come to. But instead, you go to the Burger King. <laughs> is that okay? I mean, it's just sight unseen. You, my time, about, my talking, time is my time. You're talking about playing the pro-am? Yeah, I am. And he was a pro bowler? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're pro bowlers. You're two of the fa- – it's the – now – Who else? Josh Allen and who? Aaron Rodgers. Oh, they both were pro yeah. bowlers? Well, I don't – even. I, yeah, I would think they were. We know where we're down the list. You're telling me we never made it to Aaron Rodgers on the alternates? Who was on the NFC? I don't know. I have no oh. idea. But they got waxed by the AFC, which included Tyler Huntley. So who, apparently a bunch of left-handed guys. And again, I don't feel real strongly about it, but I'm just like, you know, it's kind of weak, man. The NFL is doing their version of this, you know, grab a in. Yeah, they're doing that's it. Fair. They're doing it in Vegas. And, you know, the Bills fans and the NFL maybe – should deserve to have their stars at their grab a event rather than playing golf. You know, next week go play anywhere in the world with that. Go to I don't Phoenix. Know, Fifty million that we pay you. Yeah. So I again That's a fair point. Just wonder. Yeah. Now, if you're Roger Goodell, do you get on the phone and then Josh Aaron Rodgers, who's in the middle of a Hawaiiaska high, says something to the effect of "Wait a minute." I think he's off the Hawaiiaska. He said. Oh, is he? Yeah. He realizes that. Well, that was dumb. Maybe he's hanging Blue out. Blue Earth and he had broken up. She apparently put a voodoo spell on. No, she. He's dating that little Bucks, uh, yeah, Bucks yeah. owner's daughter. Uh, yeah, but maybe maybe he says so. I'm dating. You say she's like twenty something. Yeah, maybe he's into the brown water or whatever. Raj calls him and he says, "Listen, Raj, you guys have taken this game and made it into nothing. So obviously it's not that big a deal to you. Why should I come? What would you respond to that?" Is that fair to say? Yeah, we pay fifty million a year. We're quibbling here about what you think the importance yeah. is. We do the game every year. The stars are going to be there. The yeah. fans are going to be there. Yeah. Asking you to give us three days outside of your normal practice week. You're going to have I don't know four or five months off here in a row. All right, Raj. Let me tell you the real reason why I'm not coming. Nobody likes me in the league. I don't have any friends there. <laughs> All right. Well then, can, they- you bring, can you bring Bakhtiari with me? That's all I got. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers does have for a guy who puts himself out there like with the podcast with with McAfee mm-hmm. and those dudes. He is kind of awkward when he gets in the ad lib yeah. situations. Like they, one of the fans said something to him when he was on the tee at Pebble. Or give us a scoop, Aaron. Or what are you going to do? Or what's your decision? No, it's Colt Nose, Stephen. He's terrible, yeah. by the way. Okay. Can CBS please get rid of Colt Nose? He's ruining my life. You don't like Colt Nose. I despise. Oh, dear. Not, not the person. Oh, no. He is so unfunny. He doesn't. <laughs> I don't like his twat. There's not a thing I like about Colt Nose. <laughs> but anyway, so he says to Colt Nose is the on-course reporter for CBS Golf. Please, Jim Nance's family, if you hear me, oh, make this God. plea for me. But anyway. So Colton says, hey, gonna give us any you wanna break any stories for us, Aaron? Got uh-huh. any decisions to tell us about? Uh-huh. And Aaron's like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna play for San Francisco. Whatever that means. Not funny, not it you know, they're in San Francisco ish, but Yeah. I guess by the way, if San Francisco did call, he probably would play for San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I can't beat him. I might as well join him. Um But who th- no one thinks he's going to San Fran. They already got their quarterback mess to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I already said bringing in. In fact, when I brought that up, you said there's no way they can do that in your mind because right. Trey Lance. Well, yeah. They're in with Trey Lance. I mean, look at what has happened here in the NFL, man. And this is where missing on these quarterbacks kills you. It doesn't just kill you for missing on the talent in the two years, but then you, you lose the years that you find out for sure they're no good. Mm-hmm. Right? Trey Lance was the number three pick in the draft. Zach Wilson was the number two pick in the draft. Neither of those teams are completely committed to that guy, are they? Say again. Trey Lance was the three pick in the draft, mm-hmm. and and Zach Wilson was the number two pick in the draft, and neither franchise. Think, San Francisco I, seems to be. I think San yeah. Francisco is. I think the Jets are like, we're open for business. Yeah. We got a good team here, and this kid's holding us back. By the way, that's two years now you've wasted. And when we watched, he was terrible against the Jags that night. I mean, terrible. So that was uh, – and, 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 and a kid has lost his confidence – um, he might be better off elsewhere. You can't recoup anything. He's That's not a problem. starter in the league. He's not good enough. Probably not. We've seen enough. He's little. He's and way he's, overrated. And they, by the way, he got inflated in the pre-draft process. Would you rather be? And I'm not saying this as a just this is a comparison sake. But if you're a GM of an NFL team, would you rather hit on the quarterback and miss on everybody else? And I'm not saying that's Trent Falke, but he obviously yeah. got. Well, he's hit some more draft picks, hit but you got to hit the quarterback. Or be Joe Douglas, who seemingly has hit on a lot. Uh, but missed He's on the, the quarterback. Yeah. You know, because uh, no, he got, he got, no, uh, he got he, the best an- player in the draft last your, year, Charles Gardner. Were, yeah. He got, he got, uh, uh, um, uh, Brees Hall, Hall, who's been, ter- was terrific before he got hurt. They got a lot Quinn, of good. Quinn Williams. Other, yeah. I don't know if he's been there that long, yeah. but yeah. They got a lot of good parts there. Well, no, here's why. We're, Which the, would you rather be? It's the, the answer is quarterback. Walk, walk out the front door, Dan. Yeah. Take a look at where you are. That's the answer. They're in the same spot. Yeah. And they Jags hit the quarterback and and the Jets didn't. And but the Jack it's not like that's all the Balky did. That overall draft is just gets better with every day. Yeah. The Walker Little, Travis Etienne, Tyson Campbell, <laughs> Trevor. Now, granted, it'll always be Lawrence, but and then and then throw in Cisco too. That's here's a good a, draft. Here's a great indication as we go through the years here at 1010 XL of of how things have changed. This time of the year right now. We would be diving into Senior Bowl, Senior Bowl, East West Shrine game, and I'm wondering this. I, I I caught a couple nuggets, only just a couple nuggets from the East. They played the East West Shrine game last night. I believe. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't aware. Exactly. Not, I don't scout anymore. I and just I looked, wait for the season. Well, to get I, here. I got the NFL Network on. I looked up and 
damn if Trey Dean didn't have an interception. Well, he had interceptions like every day of practice. And so now I'm going to I'm going to say this, Trey Dean is going to be a better NFL player than he was at Florida. And it, and it, you know who that reminds me of? There's been a lot of guys. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or That's whatever. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I, I remember I him being better at Florida. I can distinctly remember. It stands out in my mind. The Michigan game, the Peach Bowl, the South Carolina game. Uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was one of the worst tacklers I'd ever seen in the defensive backfield. He would not tackle. You know what stands out to he me? He missed tackle after. Yeah, what? It's funny. I remember him getting a big interception in Tallahassee at FSU. Yeah, he had two picks, and uh, they sixes had, against yeah, Michigan in the bowl game. Yeah, to kind of a game we wanted to win because they had whacked yeah. right, so it meant something. Yeah. I re- so that's yeah. that's how I remember. Yeah. I remember being a good but, player. But but he he was Damian I, Pierce, and 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 well, that's coaching. <laughs> that's coaching. Don't, yeah, don't bring sure. that up. That's a still <clears throat> the, the wound hasn't healed yet. Uh, but but Trey Dean, we killed him after a game this year. <clears throat> Absolutely, he an, was inconsistent. He would drop interceptions. He was a decent well, he player. Was a, we blamed him for a lot, I think, too, as well. Uh, no, they, the Gator Nation, hated Trey Dean this yes, year. I, hated. I, yeah, him. I didn't hate him. They were ready to. Uh, they, if they could have thrown him off the team after uh, one of those early season losses, they would have. Or the Tennessee game uh, when he was seemingly out of position, and, I, and the guys were running wide open for yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I just, I just noted that. Let's do this. I've got. Uh, I've got some questions about the Jags that I'm going to take. I'm going to ask you that uh, our, our friend Mike DiRocco has penned okay. an article. And so we'll dive into the Jags when we come back uh, here on the uh, program. Um, I did see an article, one uh, baseball note. Uh, doctor, a doctor is, says that Carlos Correa's ankle is the worst he's ever seen. So whatever that means, I don't know. I don't but, have a problem with that. I have a problem with these teams like basically announcing that they're signing him and then don't. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's not fair to him. I mean, this shouldn't be the... He yeah. was good for the Twins last year, no? Yeah. Played 130-something games, yeah? Did he? I think so. I mean... Yeah. He, he was good enough at the Astros that they hated losing him, but maybe that's what, is one reason they let him go. But how, I also understand... How did they do last year? Yeah, they won the World Series. Yeah. I don't know... Any, 136 games. Yeah, I mean, that's, a lot, that's, that's not exactly hobbled. No. And you watch him run, he doesn't look, like, labored. It's very, very strange. He ended up back with the Twins, no? Is that what how that ended? Yes, back with the Twins. Oh, amazing. All right, let's come back and talk Jags. That is a, the 10-minute drill. Oh, Tell them what we they want. will, we will, Rockville. That's right. Rockville. That's right. <laughs> Got a pair of general admission tickets oh. to Rockville on the weekend of May 18th, mm-hmm. 2023 at the Daytona International Speedway. Yeah, we don't do, we don't do the right caller number anymore. We just say... Be kind, be courteous. I, I listen do. to E every now and then. Do the uh, and he'll hang right up on you if you're if you're not kind and courteous. You are not a winner if you're not kind and courteous. So I can't tell you enough times, but you better greet him with a salutation. If I if I answer the phone and I say, ten ten XL, good morning. Uh huh. All you have to say is good morning. Yeah. That's all I need. But Don't if you really me. want to put him in a good mood, just say. Is this my man E? Good hey. morning to you, sir. Hey, I get that too. You know what I'm saying. That and then don't even ask. Can I win? Just keep going. Just carry on the conversation. That's Maybe what, he'll it. say, hey, by the way, you won. What? This is the drill. I know you're going to talk uh, Jaguars, Dan Hicken, but yes, I just want to set out my, my heartfelt, tender feelings for all those NBA divas that are just dealing with their hurt feelings this morning. I What's mean, wrong? they're going to be all up in their feelings today. It's, what it's All-Star Snub Day, Dan. Yeah, we got there one. No, no, 
No bigger diva than an NBA diva. They're diva. They get in their feelings more than any other. And, and they have legitimate arguments because, and uh, this might play to some disagreement among the listening audience, who doesn't seem to be huge NBA fans, but nonetheless, the talent in the league, Dan, is the deepest, highest end of my life mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be back in the day, there weren't legitimate all-stars on every team. Now there's probably a legitimate all-star, superstar level player on just about every team. Okay. Teams that are good have more than one. So what that means is, for a league with the smallest rosters, okay, I would suggest to you there are more valid and 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 a higher number of of literal of real snubs for the NBA All Star team than there are for any of the other sports in their games that have much bigger rosters and much more opportunity to be put in that category. All right, who are the snubs? There's a bunch. I'll read them. Well, I mean, I mean if you're you're gonna bring it up, that let. Well, I, I, was just gonna, I was just going to kind of move on that they were oh. there. It was more just, a, you know, I'm just, just I really want to. Trey Young. Trey Young's a huge snub. Oh, he didn't make it? No, he didn't make it. De'Aaron Fox. James Harden. Trey Young didn't make it. James Harden, Jalen Brunson. I know Jalen Brunson did. Drew Holiday is, is, is on, and Trey Young and Jalen Brunson aren't? Come on, man. Drew Holiday? Is he having a good year? Bro, he plays with Giannis. No, he's not having a better year than either one of those. Trey Young averages 28 points and 9.1 assists. No one's having a better year statistically. Well, combine, combo those two. I'm not saying he's a great player. I'm saying what the all-star game is, you're missing the boat if Trey Young's not in your game. Do you disagree with that? I think he should be in the three-point shooting contest. Uh, De'Aaron Fox did not make the team. I like him. Of course you do. Jimmy Butler's not on the all-star team. Jimmy Buckets, that's because he... The load management thing broke <laughs> the, the kids' kid. heart. Yeah, well, Paul George is. Why is he on the All Star team instead of De'Aaron Fox? I don't know why. He, exactly, it is makes no sense. No, he's worse in every category. Is Trey Young better in every category? Trey Young averages yeah. Then who? A lot. Yeah, he's better than a lot of teams. Drew Holiday. Oh, every category. Everyone. Well, uh, maybe like assisted turnovers. You know, we're gonna get mm-hmm. into some of that. But if you like, just uh, well, I'll, I'll do a comparison for you real quick. Um, and we'll do, uh, let's see. Is this part of being on a winning teams type thing? Scoring, uh, Trey Young averages 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, who am I, who am I, uh, looking for? Drew Holiday. Yeah, I'm going to have to get my scrolling finger warmed up before I get down to, I mean, I, go down I'm, I'm already down past 50, which is 18.7 and Drew Holiday is not to be found. So yeah, I would say that stat, he's uh, certainly blowing him away. Let's go to assists. Um, where uh, Trey Young has the most total assist in the league. He's third at 9.9. The leader has 10.3, mm. so he's right there. Uh, Drew Holiday uh, having a great year assisting the ball at 7.2. So a full, you know, almost three behind. This is Trey Young's been snubbed before, hasn't Last he? Last year. I don't think he's a likable guy. He's a coach killer, too, and the coaches make these decisions. Yeah, they, uh, some, you know, didn't, didn't play out favorably. Mm-hmm. In the public opinion, with on the this, this whole thing, yeah. yeah. Even though he's a little diva, his dad's a helicopter dad. He's yeah. a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he should be on the All Star team. If you're, th- if this is the equivalent of like the NFL's second leading rusher not getting a Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's fair. All right, uh, here's some <clears throat> questions that D Rock has presented about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's kick them around. Uh, what's next for Trevor Lawrence? The biggest thing Lawrence has going for him this off season, says D Rock, is stability. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I, that, that is fair, but that stability takes a big hit if Evan Ingram isn't back. And it also gets altered with Calvin Ridley joining the fray. Mm-hmm. So, 
stability stability relative. I will say this: there's some stable, you know, talent that he hasn't had. But really, the only stability for going into next year is going to be Kirk and Zay Jones. No, right? If we sit here right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't the stability. But you're that, also getting a better receiver. In I get the it, mix, so. but that we're not talking. We're talking about stability. Stability means like keeping the same. Set of stuff. No? Carson Wentz threw for 16 touchdowns and 14 picks his first season under Doug Peterson. Uh, in 2017, obviously, he was an MVP type candidate. So a lot. Of I really think. Up. I think it goes. I think. I think it goes up to like 36 to 40 touchdowns for Trevor next year. To that end, he started slow. Don't forget how slow he went. First half of the year didn't do much. How does Calvin Ridley uh, fit in? Uh, it could be massive if he's similar to the player he was in 2020. 90, 13, 74, and nine tutties. He basically has, I mean, it's a little better, but he basically. He has to be reinstated first. Which they think is a formality. But those are, you know, his top year was Christian Kirk's year that he just had, pretty much. What did Kirk catch, 83? He was over 80, I know. Yeah, I think Kirk had 83. Ridley had 90. Ridley had, what, 1,300. Kirk had 11, 1,200 yards. Almost 1,400 for Ridley. He's a little bit. Yeah, a little, little better, but threat. but I'm just saying that's not a like going from what we've had to what we had last year. If he plays in the opener, though, it will be 23 months yeah. in between NFL games. So there, there are some, there are some, dis- there are some disclaimers there. Yeah. Plus, you know, Calvin Ridley was dealing with some some personal health issues when he left the team before he got suspended for the gambling. Don't forget, it was because he left the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, the Jaguars' cap space is an issue, certainly, and Shaq Griffin is gone. You know that. That's thirteen million off the thirty-one million. I, I didn't know that. I thought with they when it went up that they got out of the hole. I thought they were only no. D Rock says Jags are thirty-one point four million over the projected cap at two twenty-four point eight. So uh, they can create more space by releasing RRH seven point eight, Jamal Agnew four point seven. However, it's more likely the Jags will go the restructure route with multiple players to push some cap money into the next few seasons. Jaguars have to be judicious, though, because of the looming contract extension for Lawrence, who's eligible for one after this year. Yeah, I, I we'll worry about that then. Mm-hmm. I'd say with the Jags, when you bust through and make the playoffs and win a playoff game, the window is open now. Mm-hmm. How long does it stay open? Mm-hmm. I, let's go max out to the window when 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 we can. So, what free agents will the Jags try to re-sign? Twelve players are scheduled to become UFAs. Ingram and Jawan Taylor are the top two priorities. Both have indicated they want to return. Balky and Peterson have both said publicly they'd like to bring them back, but it's likely not going to be a quick process. Well, if it gets to free agency, you're probably going to lose them, right? Yeah. Uh, Ingram seventy three seven sixty six. Uh, loves being there. Um, I got, you know, I'm a great fit. Wasn't a good five years. My first five years in the league, it was rough. Coming here, I love working here. But he did admit money will factor in. Yeah, the 14th highest paid tight end in 2022. Finished the season tied for third in receptions with Mark Andrews, fourth in receiving yards. Only Kelsey Hawkinson caught more passes. Kelsey Hawkinson and Andrews had more yards. Um, Kelsey and Andrews both make $14 million plus annually. You can franchise for 13 you said that. Which trails George Kittle and Darren Waller. That likely means negotiations between Ingram and the Jags will start in the 10 to $12 million range. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, then you go to Jawan Taylor, who, uh, pre-ESPN stats and information, um, he was one of the NFL's worst offensive tackles through his first three seasons, but improved significantly. Pass block win rates. 
uh, was 56. Numbers improved to 88.8%, 37th among offensive tackles. You get bonus points for anticipating the snap better than any player in NFL oh, history. Oh, he's so good. So good. I just think with having a second rounder already invested, and you say, well, you got to have, yeah, they're going to, and then draft a tackle, you mm-hmm. know, round three or whatever, mm-hmm. however it fits into your deal. But I, I just don't think, because of all those factors you're, you're talking about, how much they're already over the cap. I mean, forget the, the, the free agents to be. You're going to have to cut guys that are on your team that you want to keep. Offensive lineman salary cap, 18.3. Yeah. Defensive ends, 19.7. Franchise number, you mean? Yeah. What did I say? Salary cap. Oh, yeah. Franchise. Uh, biggest area needs heading into 2023. For the Jags? Yeah. Yeah. Rebuild that D-line as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's There's 209 quarterback pressures tied for second, and their 32.9 quarterback pressures percentage was third. However, they had 35 sacks, which was tied for 25th. And here's the deal. Here's you can wh- shove those quarterback pressures here's where the why. sun don't shine as far here's as Here's why, concerned. because wouldn't it— I don't care what you tell me. That That's, that's a— that's a PFF fallacy, wouldn't it? Or NFL Next Gen, or whoever the hell. You does know it. what? There should be a second component before you uh, before you put that together. Here's why: mm-hmm. if that pressure percentage was really that high and pressure mattered, then the they would have thrown the, pass, the ball all right. over the yard. The pass defense yeah, you wouldn't be that bad. Should get a pressure if the pass is like incomplete Correct. because of the pressure. Right. You shouldn't get pressure just because is it really pressure? Yeah. Because he moved three feet and right. zipped no. a yeah. thirty Uh-oh. yarder down yeah, the that, field. That D line. That's why Roy Robertson Harris. Thank you. Job well done. Move along. We need new players. Our D line stinks, man. They get pushed around. They get. They don't get to the quarterback. They. You know, we've wasted money on that D line, big time. Millions of dollars are invested in guys that we just never get the payoff. Of course, Balky defended his guy. That uh, Walker, that stat number that everybody has in their mind of sacks is, in a lot of ways, very overvalued. That's what, again, when your there's GM is w- talking about that, he doesn't expect your guy to get any. There's a lot of ways to influence a game. I think, Trayvon, you saw him do it, whether it be the run or the pass. He had an impact this year. The Jags, okay, it's time for this quick reminder. Uh-huh. The Jags' defense this year was ass. Wasn't good enough. They, they You know, they, we won these exciting games. Guess what? Yeah. I mean, we, we what was the score of the Dallas game, Dale? Did we return it to win 10-3 or what? Mm-hmm. Or did Dallas go up and down the field and score on us the entire game? Man? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what is he talking about? Yeah. Defensive yards allowed. Jaguars uh, look like they're about 24th or 3rd. Right. Um, points per game. Scoring defense. Uh, they showed up better there. So some bend but, bend but don't break, I guess. Anyway, we'll continue our discussion on the Jags. We also will visit with the quarterback whisperer. We've got a lot going on in the 8 o'clock hour and uh, talk Iceman hockey in the 9 o'clock hour wow. as well. A little puck talk. Nice. Busy day on a football Friday. It's coming up next. Boom, 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 boom. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's Denny Thompson over there at six points, rocking and rolling. What's up, Den? Rocking and rolling is the right way to describe it, man. Rocking and rolling. Blast right now. How yeah. was how was Philly? You went to Philly last weekend. Man, that was so much fun. Obviously, what happened to Brock yeah. really stunk. Yeah. Really stunk. And I was like right there. So I could kind of see him walking off and saw the, all the action with the, the tent. And, of course, our medical team was texting you mm-hmm. know, the whole time. So that part stunk. But I, I, I will say this. Like, Philly's impressive, man. That Those fans go, man. Oh, yeah. It, it was. The tailgate scene was amazing. Mm-hmm. Nobody sat down in a blowout game the whole time. And then the uh, the events of the after party were 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 they were fun. We'll yeah. call them that. <laughs> How's Minshew doing? He's good, man. Yeah, he's good. He's happy. It was good to see him and Ian. Both he's a free and, uh, agent, right? 
He is. He's a free agent, so it's a big offseason ahead, man, for him. But, and, and I think it was big for him to get those two games and, and just remind people he's there because I mean, he threw for 350 against Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, what would he, what would be a perfect scenario? I mean, I know he wants to play. What would be a perfect situation for Gardner Minshew? Yeah, I think the the perfect situation would be just that he's not asking for something to be handed to him, but that oper- that true opportunity to compete. Compete. Right, you know, yeah, yeah. That and and the, the NFL is what it is. People can used to say everything to competition, and now they don't even say that anymore because it's so false with salary cap and right and all that. But but you know, in Philly, Jalen ain't going anywhere. Jalen's legit. Jalen's really good, mm-hmm. and so there's just not that opportunity to compete, which is which stinks for Gardner just because he loves Philly. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's the only thing. I don't think he cares where it is. I, I don't think. You know anything like that is I want to go somewhere compete see if I can be a starter in this league and he knows he can be a backup and make a lot of money but you only get one chance at this thing so let's let's see what we got it's kind of a tough decision when you think about it like like I was thinking you know wouldn't how about Miami I mean Miami needs a, a, yeah. a backup who can be ready to play and probably will I mean again with Tua's history here you don't know so how much is Miami willing to invest Denny, do you know the market right now? If he gets signed as a backup quarterback, like it will be like, will he make like five, six, seven million a year, eight million, ten million? I think yeah, I think it's closer to ten. Ten uh, with Jeez. the new cap, yeah. I, I think I've seen anything <laughs> as low as eight, anything as high as fifteen. Yeah. So wow. I just I'm, I'll figure somewhere in the middle, but but you know he he don't he truly does not care about that. He does care about what you were just saying though. Mm-hmm. Like it is a. It is a much tougher decision than what most will right. face in free agency. Mm-hmm. Just because he does have to make that decision. Like he's probably gonna have an opportunity to go to some pretty dang good teams. Right. That in in their head they're if their quarterback goes down, they just want to still be able to compete and win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So it, it's you know, you go from that to Because he is a perfect he's a perfect backup. Right, he really is. But but he really is. But I uh, nobody wants to be that. Yeah, he wants to play, yeah. especially because he's so young in his career. Like Chad Henney, and it's had success. Chad Henney's fine frust- with doing what he does. Right, and yeah. if, I'm sure for Minshew, it's a bit frustrating. I mean, listen, right. let's pull out my game log and my right. stats here. Right. I mean, boop, 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 boop. Right. I mean, whatever right. you think of this, it. that, or the other. Yeah. I, I hey, uh, uh, Denny, who, who should the Houston Texans take if C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are both on the board? And are we sure that those are definitely going to be one of those two will be the top quarterback, or could Will Levis sneak in there? And shame on the team that lets him do it, but could he? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I my personal opinion on this, and I'm going to take Anthony out because I'm going to take my Anthony glasses off. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion is I would have a really hard time drafting Bryce Young because of his stature. Right, six feet one ninety four is how he's listed, and sometimes that's uh, can be generous. Do you think he? I don't think one ninety four. That's think it what is. it says. Six yeah. feet one ninety four. Yeah, I think that one ninety four is generous. Yeah, very generous. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just to, I think he's hella talented, and he's he's shown that he's very productive. But mm-hmm. man, are you really going to use your first pick, your franchise quarterback, on on somebody that's really kind of slight? It and you know CJ's sturdier. Uh, definitely a sturdier guy, but probably not as good as Bryce. It, it's a tough decision. Stroud is Stroud. Uh, to your point, CJ Stroud six three two twenty. He gives you more of that prototypical. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, more yeah. Uh, uh, Justin Fields size. Right, and and I think Stroud runs the ball, you know, pretty well too. But I think that's probably Jeff why you 
hear the occasional Will Levis or, you know, or Anthony going to the top. Like we've seen a couple where Anthony's like in the top five or something like that. Because when you look at these guys, they look the part. It's like, okay, if they can figure out right. the game part, the body part's there. Could, I mean, because of those reasons, could, could Bryce Young be this, like the surprise tumbler on draft day? Nick, what do you think? I, could he kind of, <laughs> could he tumble down to like, no, like word feels go. Didn't he go 10th? Yeah, 12th, I think, even, maybe. I mean, could he do that? Could he tumble down there to somebody who wasn't expecting him? What do you think, Danny? What do you hear? Fields go that early? Fields did 13th is what I think. Dan says 10. I thought it was 13th. Okay. But but it wasn't in the top, you know, five like it should have been. Yeah, I don't think he can tumble that far. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's not the first quarterback. But if he's not the first, he's going to be the second. So it's him or Stroud. You know what? 11. You guys want to play... Play, play player A, player B with me real yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. All right. Player A, 64.5% completion percentage, 3,300 yards, 32 touchdowns, five picks. Mm-hmm. You got it? Yep. 64 and a half, 3,300, 32 and five. Player B, 68.3 completion percentage, 4,127 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. Okay. Player A is Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Player B is Stetson Bennett. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, player A is six feet one ninety four. Player B is five eleven one ninety. What? <laughs> I, I mean, certainly Alabama has the talent that Georgia has. They, they, Georgia may have played a tougher schedule. I, this is a question that Georgia fan, you know, screams out of partisanship. But why does a guy who completed sixty eight percent of his passes for over four thousand yards with twenty seven and seven fall so many rounds behind a guy who's completed sixty four and a half for a thousand less yards and thirty two and five? Not. A few picks later, but a few rounds later. Well, I, there there's several reasons. I mean, everybody knows I I am really high on Stetson. This isn't a knock on Stetson at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't throw the ball the way Bryce throws the ball. It's not right. even close. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it is two that that that's two different comparisons in the way this ball comes out of the hand. And I and I think Bryce, where Bryce makes his money is Bryce is kind of Aaron Rodgers this thing. Like he has found his own way to see the field. He right going old school to backpedal drops and so there's a lot of things like that that you just see that the kid has a really good feel for not just the game but the way he reacts to the game the way he sees the game and and at that age man that is like you want that if, if this if this kid was even 20 pounds heavier mm-hmm. um i would jump all over this kid as a prospect yeah. my only hesitation is that size but you know stetson it's funny because a week ago I started to hear rumors actually in Philly. When I was in Philly, I started to hear like that he may climb second, third, fourth. And and I don't know that these were people who really know. Right. Um, but then after the events of this weekend, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think he's going to yeah. fall. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's not going to help for sure. And it's not even because of the weekend. I, I think it's the combination of you right. know, the, right. the well, interview after yeah, the Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's not he's, – he's not – Hadn't been, hadn't given a great public face for himself. The since thing I love about Young this is, is a shame too, by the way, because it's too celebrate. There's a celebratory moment, and yeah. then I don't know what happened the other day, but I, I hate that the first one's being held against him. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, well, he just skips stuff, you know. He's not 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 you know that Georgia true. family's really embraced him, you know, and and he didn't he hadn't shown that in return. Now that his career's over, um, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, the thing I love about Young is the, the word that always comes to me is the poise. I just remember watching him, yeah. and you know, in the tight games, and and just you know, I thought he was, you know, he had the Heisman year because he had such talent around. I mean, so he's able to put up some great numbers. 
last year was more challenging. He still was – he never – he's unflappable. That's what I like about him, I think. I'm surprised – The best that, drive of the year that I've ever seen last year in college football was his drive against Texas. Yeah. And then the so year before was against game. Auburn. Remember? And he had a great – he also had a great <laughs> drive against LSU at the end of that game. LSU yeah. ended up winning in overtime. Yeah. But. but the Texas one sticks out to me, guys, yeah. because he played terrible that entire game. Okay, right. And then all of a sudden, it was, okay, game's on the line. you got three minutes left, and this dude pulls together like an epic drive when, when he had had the worst game of his career up to that point, I believe. Yeah. I have one question. I'm going to ask you a question I asked Dan earlier this week. Danny, we'll let you go. Get busy, and we'll talk more about Anthony Richards and some of these other things as we get closer. Um, the next five years to win the AFC, okay, would you take – Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Trevor, or the field? One of those five will oh, win the AFC God, every year for the next five years, or will it? Be, or will someone else? I'll take those five. What about the next? How many years can I go? Dan didn't get to five. We got him to three. He wouldn't quite commit to five. In, no, in fairness, I'll, I'll you never know five. who the next great thing is. But Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. But, I, but if you're going to make me gamble now, I'd probably go up to seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so... This is going to be a really fun era. We've had these quarterback, you know, um, rivalry eras. We saw it with Brady and, and, and Manning, obviously. We saw it to a degree with Favre against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and others. This is going to be one heck of a round robin, man. Settle in, NFL fans. What a, what a fun watch this is going to be for the next. Because what happens, and you know this, Denny, you get high-caliber quarterback play, you get high-caliber football. Absolutely. Part, right? it's gonna and, be and what's going to be fun, maybe, maybe Dan's right now I'm thinking about it, because what's going to be fun is other AFC teams are going to have to give up the farm to go get whoever the best right. quarterback is in free agency just to compete. Yeah, what happens if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets? Right. Or, you know, so you never yeah, but know. I said it to this point, um, uh, even if Aaron Rodgers did go to the Jets, that doesn't scare me. Aaron Rodgers isn't winning the Super Bowl. One of those five, isn't going to the to Super Bowl. One of those five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers yeah. has had the number one team in football a ton of times yeah. the last 12 years. He ain't been once. So, yeah, but, but to, Dan, to Dan's point, he's the only one we're talking about this year. Yeah. Like, we don't know who's is there anyone? The next three, right. four, we, five years. Yeah, that's true. We, well, talk, after we he, talked after, about that also. Is there a veteran that would even scare you, no matter where he went in the AFC after a year, right now? After a year of retooling, Tom Brady will be back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's hope not. All right, Danny. Appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Thank you. There you go. That's the uh, quarterback whisper, uh, like all guests, appearing on the fair and fair phone lines here on the uh, drill this morning. This so, is GFL Friday, brought to you by Green for Life. A couple of broadcast new, uh, news uh, notes. Notes. Broadcast notes Thank from the you. notes file. Uh, CBS has att- had attempted an intervention with broadcaster Tony Romo in advance of the twenty-two season, but things did not get better. Per uh, intervention that implies substance abuse. Well, I, don't I don't know if I like that word. Well, no, I think it's, I'm not hey, saying you're either. not working on your deal, or you're not, you know, craft, or you know. Um, I think Romo is, Romo is still more uh, with the general population. Here's what funny, they said. They like. I think general population still likes Romo. I don't know. Us, man. I'm telling you, I said it. It's funny you say that. This came up. I was sitting with a group of people the other day, and they were kicking around announcers in general, and everyone loved Romo. That huh. was everyone's favorite. Now that's only a sample of six or eight guys, but yeah. Um, in an effort to have Romo focus more on being fully prepared and to ha- help him find a way to mesh better with Jimmy Nance, uh, McManus, Sean McManus is the chairman. Jim R- Rykoff flew on separate trips to Romo's Dallas home. 
Uh, to call that an intervention is a complete mischaracterization. We meet regularly with our on-air nah, talent. You, you don't go to your talent's home unless there's something. Right. That's that's. Look, it does. He. That's the complaint that we have now. Everyone loved Romo before. He was calling plays. Here's what I've noticed about whatever one chooses to call it. Executives reviewed tapes, went to dinner, discussed the broadcast, and attempt to return him to the form that made him a media sensation in the first three years, beginning in 2017, and culminated in what at the time was the largest contract yeah. in sportscasting. That, now we get to the truth. Yeah. Here's the deal, and this whether this is preparation or not, the game changes, and that can hurt. Romo's stick was what. Calling the plays. Right. Yeah. Go back and watch these these two games that he did at the end. Mm-hmm. He missed half of them. Oh, boy. He'd say, okay, Jim, yeah, we're going to go in motion here. And then the play goes, oh, Jim, they're not going to go. They're not going to run this play. They'll call timeout. Oops, maybe they will. I mean, it was oh boy. noticeable. I bet you there were five times oh no. in those in the Jags game and the Bengals game he missed. where Romo called the play and it wasn't the play. Oh, dear. Or maybe not the Jags. Was, we weren't on CBS. Whatever games he's been calling. But he's called plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've missed, right? We were NBC that day. And the other note is that um, Penn State fans will be happy. Todd Blackledge will be back doing Big Ten. He's left ESPN. Okay. So he he's going to NBC Saturday night because they took Big Ten football. You know, it's funny. on the con- That same conversation I said where Romo was showing up, it was like, who's your least favorite, you know, announcer? Is there any... Because the point was this. They were talking about Brady. That's how the conversation got. Brady's going to make $30 million. Right. And I, and, you know, and I'm, even though it's our profession, look, in the NFL right now could, could, could put two monkeys in the booth and you're going to watch the game. There's nothing that keeps you from watching an NFL game. No, but you like the, uh, you yourself said you missed uh, stop cyberbullying Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Not $37.5 million worth, and even though I missed them, I did not watch one single game because of it. I That's the reality. ESPN's, were, were ESPN's Monday Night Football ratings up this year? I don't know. I'll look at the that the break. addition of Buck and Aikman. So, Blackledge, I love Blackledge. I like him, too. I liked him in... Um, Is there a broadcaster that you dislike so much that you won't watch, though, is the point? Oh, me? No. Yeah. But we're hardcore sports fans. We watch everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can have favorites or not, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I can never. There's imagine. guys I don't like. Like the biggest week game of the weekend, I'm not going to not watch because it's Romo right. or Olsen or who yeah. else, right? Yeah. yeah, doesn't matter to me who it is. But there's only one that it's just Beth Mullins, uh, uh, very professional and good, knows her stuff. But that voice just grabs my spine and shakes it, so I, I can't watch her. So you wouldn't if she was on, you would turn it off. That's turn it down. Correct. I've done it more than once. She's done more than one Gator game. That that's exactly what I've done. Really? Yeah. Honestly, oh, not no, even kidding. I, I can't. Maybe not for a whole game. I can't. It's un. It's again. Jeez. Do, is there not a noise in your life that if you hear, you shudder? Yeah. Fingers. Fingers. Okay. Well, there you go. It is. That's what. Yeah. That. That's fingers on the. It distracts me. It's bothered me so much. It distracts me from the enjoyment. <laughs> and it's bad. Really bad. <laughs> Badder than bad. That's uh, that's hardcore. Well, I mean, I don't know how many other ones there are. I was trying to think of ones that I even dislike. I don't really dislike. And I don't dislike. It's the voice. That's all it is. Yeah. That's crazy. I got a question for you. I was thinking about this. What you got? Well, I was thinking about it in the terms of the football and the golf. You know, here's Josh Allen. He makes $40 million, whatever it is. He can't be at the Pro Bowl weekend. Now he's got to go play the golf course. Uh-huh. And then I started thinking, man, I mean, it's 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 like an easier, like if I could be a, it, people have asked you this before, you get it asked more when you're a kid, but if you could be or could have been a pro athlete, what sport would you would it have been for you? Me? Yeah. Quarterback. You would have been a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. So I, like, like, 
Like, I'd rather be a golfer. Like, to me, that's the perfect that's life. That's cool. Play all the great courses. You make well, four. you're asking me when I was a kid. I'm saying right now, even. Okay, right now. Oh, right now? Which would you rather be? If you were 25 and starting a career, 20 and starting a career, which would you rather be? Mm. E.T.? I'd still probably be a quarterback. You would? I'm probably playing soccer, man. Yeah, okay. Okay. Here's why I'm playing golf. Mm -hmm. Y'all enjoy yourselves getting the bleak kicked out of you for the next 10 years. and true. To to make your your, your nut. And then, because you're going to make a lot more than me year to year. Josh Allen's going to make $30 million. I can have a great year. I may make five or six. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to make my five or six for about 30 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just travel around at my leisure, and I'm going to play golf yeah, play on the, the fabulous golf course. Well, you yeah. know what? I'm going to play golf from February to June. Yeah. Wherever I want to play. And I'll be going to football games and sitting in luxury <laughs> boxes. So I guess we're both happy. It's a GFL Friday. You're listening to The Drill. Wanted to update all the Googans on my journey into binge watching. I finished season one of The Shooter. Outstanding. I tried to remember. I couldn't remember the, name the of show that you recommended because oh. I had a couple hours yesterday where oh, I was going to. I love it. I love it. Thinking about watching something. In fact, I loved. I loved it so much. Me and the wife. It was like late last night, Pross, and we. I go, and we finished season number one. I go. Let's just look at the beginning as because season number one sort of tied up. Is everything. two already started? Oh, we're three in. Does it? Are you going to be able to watch till the end, or is it still lingering? I don't know. See, I, I can't I go. Think it's, I, I think I can't, it's done. I'm no good going past two or three. Like Homeland, I thought was a great show. And after about two and a half seasons, I just couldn't take any more billions. That's another one. It was very good. It yeah. Just, it might be like that. But anyway, I said, let's preview season number two. It's kind of exhausting. And see how it is. And season number two started with a bang. And I was like, oh, it's going to be good. Well, I'd I don't have to watch, watch it then. Very excited about it. Very uh, pleased to be watching uh, Shooter. It's, it's executive producer is Mark Wahlberg. But the star is uh, Reese Witherspoon's ex-husband. What's his name? I don't know. Ryan Felipe. That's it. Oh, Ryan Felipe. Yeah. Felipe. Felipe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, welcome back to the program. This is The Drill. It's 832. Uh, we're having a good time here on a rainy Friday. Be careful out there. Is it? It's getting nasty out there? Oh, it was pouring when I got here. I don't know if it's still raining right now, but it was pouring when I got here. I'm like, good, good gracious, man. I don't like that at one bit. I don't like that at all. So we talked to... Um, a bunch about the Jags and the off-season plans, and we had a poll question out there, the one-to-one financial poll question, and man, oh man, they they love Evan Ingram. They want Evan Ingram. I, I, I said, just, you get I to can't keep one of those three guys, Ingram, Taylor, and Key, and it's all Ingram, 80.5% with over 700 votes. So, um, But the sobering numbers brought to us by Mike D. Rocco were simply that the Jags are $31 million over the new projected cap. So I, that, See, I thought that they were $4 million over, and then we got all this extra money, so I thought we were suddenly 16 to the positive. I don't, well, they'll have some work to do then if they want to. I, I'll give you, the, you know, as good a conversation then to have, and one that we're probably not having enough, as good a conversation to have as which free agent do you resign, is which veterans are you going to cut early? Yeah. Because that's part of the life in the league. You're going to have to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, we know Shaq's gone. I, I mean, I don't I – don't, Care if Jamal Agnew costs four point nine million. Do not cut that guy. I love him. I mean, that, don't you see that yeah. like kind of out there in some places? Oh yeah, they was in the D Rock article. Roy Robertson Harris too. Well, I also like. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm. I have lost all confidence and faith. I think we mm-hmm. like who we see the most. Our D line is just uh, you know suing for unprofessionalism. Yeah, they don't stop anyone. It's the beginning of the end of all the problems. We need some uh, you know. We need some studs up there. Yeah, just don't have them. Just don't. I mean, you, you you can think that they might be, but 
Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, we got to rebuild that defensive line um, in some ways. We got we got to get pass rushers, obviously. And I've been one who talked excessively about finding one via free agency or trade or whatever. I'd rather go get one who can contribute now. I Patrick Mahomes. What's impressive about the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is they went to the Super Bowl under his first contract. And now they've had to give him the big fat contract, which they did. Now they've retooled enough that they've been able to go to a second Super Bowl or third Super Bowl. And the reason why they've done that a lot is because of Patrick Mahomes. As long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a chance. And that's kind of what we'll feel like with Trevor, hopefully. Um, All indications pointing towards Trevor having an even better season next year than he did this year. That's all indications. Yeah. So, um, and that's, that's a hugely positive thing for our Jaguars. With that said, he is eligible for a new contract. And again, as as some of the Googans have pointed out who also understand the cap or like to play capologists, those numbers don't really start affecting the team until... And you don't have to do it after next year. That's only year three of a five-year deal. It's just you can do it. And I, yeah. I would gauge, Trevor, how important is this to you? Do we need the... Do you need the boost of... You know, being the next hey, guy to big, hey, the, the big deal. Joe you know? Burrow's getting one after three. Justin Herbert's okay, getting one yeah, after yeah. three. If we're throwing Trevor's name in there. Well, yeah. his if name belongs smart, in there. That. If yeah. you're smart, you're yeah. doing yeah. that. Unless yeah. it cripples you to the point that right. you can't add what you need the around him. The only one who ever took less money. Brady. is Tom Brady. Over and over. The only one. Well, and guess who won all the Super Bowls? Yep. I mean, the I'm not only saying that's one. the only reason. That, I bet you that has because something I'm, to do. I, I will say this. and I, I, I <laughs> People always say, hey, can you? Listen. You said Josh Allen earlier in the day, 35, whatever he's making. If I was a quarterback and I'm making $40 million, I'm perfectly content. I don't care if this guy I'm way better than is making 55. And Joe Burrow's going to get, you know, I mean, he's going to get, he's Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert both should get, should get more than Aaron Rodgers. 50 million a year, right? Because I mean, they, the Packers, that's, you know what? I they've wonder, tried to, they've I'll, tried to take that Deshaun Watson deal and 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 like say listen extenuating circumstances don't pay attention to that that's not that's not what we're because that's what Lamar Lamar that's Lamar's biggest thing man is like look Deshaun Watson got this you know I want this and it's hard to argue it's hard to argue well you know know what and I sometimes wonder if like the Packers don't just give the league the middle finger when they give a guy a contract like that why it makes it harder for everyone else to keep their studs. We're regenerating here. I ain't going to have to pay that for years. Yeah. I can set that market up there at $50 million, turn it over to Jordan Love, pay him 6.1, yeah. and let everybody else pay the piper on these, you know, expanding. That's fair. Should you have like a – it's the one thing that, that – that it's too important a part of eliminating the parity of the NFL, and it's the way the guys maneuver the money rather than how they do in acquiring the talent. Should almost have a – you should almost have a salary cap per position and then just go sign whoever you want <laughs> rather than an overall salary cap where you have to, right? I know the players you knew would never go for, but guess what? The quarterback, the salary cap is, you know, $45 million. It's the most you can pay. You either do or you don't. A uh, little bit of breaking news. Pete Thamel, who's an ESPN college football writer, says the effort for Oklahoma and Texas to leave the Big 12 a year early and join the SEC in 2024 has stalled and at this point is unlikely to come to fruition. Maybe they never join the SEC. For real? That would be a huge 
No, I'm saying. Oh, you're just being. I was saying maybe they never joined the. Yeah. But I mean, it's not happening. It, it didn't happen in 22 when it came out. Didn't happen in 23. It's now he's saying it's not going to happen in 24. So, do you? Um, yeah. I don't care if they come. Quite frankly, do you? Is there an SEC fan that cares? No. Right. I mean, so no. what? I'd rather they not. If you want to know the truth, makes it tougher. Stay in the Big 12. Yeah. I, I don't. Well, it's just going to regionalize the sport to the point where the SEC finally will one day take, be, you know, be for real on their threat. We don't need y'all anymore. We got a 20-team league. We're going to play our whole schedule. We're going to play our championship. And go ahead and put yours on against ours. See how you do. Yeah. Who's going to watch TCU Michigan versus uh, watching Alabama against Georgia or Oklahoma against Alabama or Texas against LSU? Mm-hmm. Can they save them? I mean, are there not hurt feelings there? I mean, can they legitimately? Are they not literally talking about staying? No, in the big no, no, it's just, no. It's going to take forever. It just seems like it's taking yeah. a long time. So, and it will go on and on. And I'm sure it's the exit fee that they're quibbling over, right? Um. Well, yeah, the parameters of it, at least. Yeah. You know, I said something earlier, and I meant it. And maybe your your point is the more valid one. Is that's where they're hiring them from? But man, you look at D'Amico Ryan's to Houston. There's not a great track record for the hot shot, top defensive minded candidate winning. Here are the guys that I've come up with that mm-hmm. have won to a level who came from the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Um. Obviously, Belichick. He came from the defensive side of the ball. Parcells. Parcells. Yeah. Um, Pete Carroll, defensive Carroll. side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean McDermott, defensive side of the ball. He's done a good job with Buffalo, but it's we're getting to the point now you're underachieving. Yeah. Um, most come from from the O. Dan mm-hmm. Dan Campbell's a tight end, right? Yeah, no, he's he's uh, offensive side. D'Amico Ryan's D, uh, Robert Sala. You know, no, he's not done anything special. Wasn't Brandon Staley a defensive coordinator? Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not wowing him. He's not doing what Sean McVay did with the Rams, who came from the offensive side of the ball, right? Most are defensive-minded guys. I mean, offensive-minded guys. Dennis Allen, yeah, he's forever no good as a head coach. <laughs> and meanwhile, you look at the guys. Sirianni's in the Super Bowl. Brian Dayball is up for coach of the year. Kyle Shanahan is probably one of the tops in the NFC. It's like they're all offensive-minded. Mike Tomlin came from defense. He's underachieved, really. Yeah. So it's it's that. And I'm not saying it won't work. And D'Amico Ryan's may be terrific. It'll get the right offensive guy. It's just, you know, historically, you look at the – or not even historically. Now, mm-hmm. currently, you look at the top coaches in the National Football League, the teams that are winning the Super Bowls, they've got offensive-minded guys. Yeah. I don't understand. What happened when the Bucks went from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles, Dan? Not good. Yeah, not good. Not good. And you look at what what side of the ball Dan was Tom Coughlin on? His offense. What side of the ball was Doug Marone on? Offense. And what side of the ball is Doug Peterson on? Offense. Yeah. Two I of those a... went to championship games. The other is in the playoffs the first year, and then, you know, the rest are. Eh. I, uh, you ready to play? Uh... Gus Bradley, probably not very good. Are you ready to play Remember When? Remember when the sound of little feet I like to, was uh, music. Mm-hmm. I like to ask you these questions and see how much you remember of this instance. Okay. Can you remind me of? So I take you back to the 
15 years ago today, Eli and the Giants taking down the Patriots. I almost feel like I need to hear the country song, Remember When. Mm. Who was that, Alan Jackson? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay, now, I'm the, sorry. The Tyree catch. Set the stage for me. Down Tyre- and distance score. Okay, okay, What's going okay, on? Okay. How close can you yeah, get? Yeah, yeah, okay, that's good. I like this. that. I say it's fourth quarter. Okay. I say there's like a minute left. Okay. I say it's, I don't know if the down and distance was, was that overwhelming. Was it like a a second and 15 maybe? <laughs> this song will make you cry if you listen to the words, E.T. Oh, yeah. Don't listen to the words. Yeah, That's why he, I got instrumental. Yeah, just you oh, start yeah. thinking about little gritty. You'll yeah, tear up. You'll you get will. emotional. You will. I can, I can make you listen to some country music and watch you cry. Remember when? <laughs> That's it. You got it. Take us back to the Never days of Robinson it. Elementary School. <laughs> we Patterson. Made, Patterson Elementary School. We'll make you we'll shout make, out Clay County. We'll have you uh, memorize this, you know this this song and sing it to the to this version. You know Next about week. that. All right, let's see how Next close I get. Here's what. All right, I, I'm not going to say it is about. It. I'm just going to take a get. Like I'm yeah, going to tell yeah. you what it is. Yeah. Okay, it is second and sixteen, Dan. Okay. okay. With a minute and nine seconds to okay. go. Uh, score. The score is. 14 to 10. Where's the ball? The ball is at the Giants 41 yard line. Okay. Um uh, Manning goes back to pass. He's mm-hmm. he's he's you know being attacked. He's the the Jaguars are after him, so he's pressured. Yeah, the play is going to be Last made. question is uh how long is the completion? Uh like what's it go down yeah, to? Yeah, I say it goes said- that goes down to like the 16 yards. It's like a 38 okay. yard completion. All right. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Remember when? <laughs> oh, no. All right. So what? Give me the exacts. The Patriots were oh so <laughs> no, good. No, I just no, I just but need Eli you to tell threw. me. Stop it. Turn it off. I should have never recommended. I can't Tyree do this. No, stop. Had the good. Can't stop what it. What a catch! Oh, no, I want to know the answer. Against the helmet. All right. Uh, fourteen to ten is correct. Fourteen to ten was correct. Got that one. There was 115. I said 118. You said 109. Okay, close enough. <laughs> I, I, close. I, I really thought I said 118. You said second and 16. It was third and five. Okay, not in the You said middle. the ball was at the 41. It was at the 43. Okay. And the completion went all the way down to the Patriot, not 16, but 23. Okay. Yeah. So pretty good. It's pretty close. I'm in the it's ballpark on most of those. Okay, yeah. so then, just to update, so then... He, after that, clock moving, couple plays, 35 seconds left when Plax caught the touchdown pass. Right, in the left corner of the end zone. You remember it well. And that made it 17-14. Um, and the ball was on the 14-yard line when he threw it. So, And the New England still had three timeouts and 35 seconds. So Brady had time. Yeah, and they sacked him. Yeah, they got after him. Yeah, they sacked him. Well, I mean, and, one of them was a sack. And knocked him off and won one of the great, maybe the greatest low-scoring Super Bowl ever. I thought that was such a good game, man. And they, because because of all the history that was involved and and obviously a little bit biased. That was a great Coughlin game. No, it was a great, it was, had a great play. It was yeah. just, it had everything you would want yeah. in a football game. We got a break. It's a GFL Friday. Back with more next year on the Friday edition of The Drill. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the program. Heading towards the uh, 9 o'clock hour. Oh, you're excited. All right, we're bustling towards it. Curious to this end. The pro, li- Listen, the NFL didn't just change the Pro Bowl because of this perceived notion that the lost importance with the players. 
They changed the Pro Bowl, the setup, and how they're doing it because the TV ratings, after years of years of getting way too many eyeballs, have tanked. Last year, they had only like six and a half million viewers, the lowest they'd had in 20 years. Right. And you had to go back five, you go back 10 years, and they're getting 14 million viewers. Now, I don't know how the NBA, I mean, the NFL doesn't see that it corresponds to when they stopped playing real football. Like, I liked watching the Pro Bowl when the game went 24 to 21, and they cared. There was nothing wrong with the game when they were actually playing uh, the football game. But when it became blow the whistle, both lines of scrimmage, just stand up, don't touch guys, don't, it just uh, became silly. And I think that is manifested with less people watching the Pro Bowl than ever. I mean, you don't have to go back far, and the Pro Bowl got higher TV ratings than the NBA Finals, the World Series. It doesn't anymore. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think this is just scrapping everything just for scrap's sake. I think the NFL, look, what has become imminently more popular in youth sports than was popular 20 years ago? Flag football. Oh, yeah. All kids play flag football now. I didn't play flag football growing up. Did you, Dan? No. There was no such thing. And so when the NFL goes to a flag football game on Sunday, I mean, certain generations are like, oh, yeah, well, that's great. What a dog and pony show. What is this, the circus? Whereas the future fans of the league, the kids, mm-hmm. which we all were, and we loved the Pro Bowl when we were kids, right? Mm-hmm. You're a big kid, still loves the home run derby. Same deal. Oh, yeah. So they're going to play flag football on Sunday. Now, we, we'll, we'll see. I just remembered what I was going to tell you. This is shocking. Okay. This, this. Dan and I had a conversation in the break, <laughs> how we each had something that we w- were going to st- bring up and got sidetracked and forgot what it was. Luckily for him, he's remembered him. Now, I'm still in search of in my head. There's two. Bobbing there's, on the sea of what the hell was it? There's two. There's there's things in life that you know one person's better at than the other person. Jeff and I have hung out together a long time, and so sometimes you just have to admit your losses. Take your losses. Jeff is a better golfer than me, and Jeff knows geography way better than me. These are such things. I like, I'm like, these are going to go on my tombstone, by the way. <laughs> and I'm like, Knew more geography than I, Dan. I'm like, and I'm like geographically, uh, 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 directionally challenged. That's for sure. And I saw something yesterday, the other day that stunned me. And I, okay. And I'm going to ask you, and you're going to rattle it off like it's common knowledge, which will thusly make me feel oh, no. even more inept. And sometimes I am amazed at myself that I have had such a blessed life. God has really looked out for me because I am a fool. <laughs> and so I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my, I have a, a, a baseball trip this, I'm going back to watch my Medis this year. And we like to go to different parks. So this year we've, we found a little trip to, um, a little trip to uh, Arizona. Okay. Phoenix, I believe, is where the team plays. Yeah, all the way to Tacoma. And uh, and uh, so it's Arizona and San Diego. Okay. okay. All right. Now, Okay. Yeah, those are I close thought, to each other. That's an easy jaunt. Now, I thought to myself, hey. Those are your only two stops, the Padres and the D-backs. Well, there's also one other Diamond possibility, backs. and okay. that would be anyway, a home right. run derby in Seattle on the Monday. All right. Well, no, I'm not. Okay. So, anyway, we'll get to your so question. So, I looked at the um, – I was curious, like, you know, well – I don't think I wonder how far apart they are. So, like, maybe we could just get a car to go to Seattle. No, and oh. go from Phoenix. Yeah, you could to San Diego. That's not that far. But then I looked at the map. What's that? Six hours, maybe. What What direction is San Diego from Phoenix? It's west. Yeah. Due west. Yeah. 
You thought it was east of it? No, I thought it was. I thought Arizona was underneath. And no, you'd have no, to go, no. Yeah, no. Because Arizona it's, touches it's, Mexico. Yeah. So I figured Arizona's well, down so here. California, silly. And you got to drive up to San Diego. <laughs> drive up north oh. is what I thought. Yeah, that north. Is, that's bad. It is due yeah. west. Yeah, that's bad. Like due west. Yeah, exactly. And it's like five and a half hours. You're right. But <laughs> I'm looking at the map. I'm like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix is here. Yeah, that's bad. And San Diego is here. That's bad. That's crazy. Yeah, that's not good. Struck me. Very interesting. That, that is one that, but, but, you know, again, you know, I'm the geography guy, so it shouldn't surprise us as a huh. trivial unit. And that also, that, I'm directly That's challenged. a blue question. I even I, gave you the five. And by the way, I've never made the drive from San Diego to Phoenix. So, I just know that. So if I drove north from Phoenix, where would I end up instead of? If you if, drove north to Grand Canyon, you'd drive right, right into the Grand into, Canyon. Right into the Canyon. Yeah. That's probably what would happen to me then. Yeah. If I had not looked this up. Then I, by the way, also just took a peek see at San Diego to Seattle. How many hours of driving do you think that is? San Diego to Seattle. All right. I would say that one is going to be more like um, 16. Yeah. yeah. Right. 16? Is that 20. right? 20. But yeah, so Phoenix. Here, I will say this. Just so you people know, this is like the I-4 thing to me. That's how shocking it be- was. Being a, <laughs> being a. Phoenix is due east of San Diego. Like, they're almost on yeah, the same, I whatever I that yes. would be, latitude, same, longitude. Guess what else? Jacksonville on that same one. Probably is. It is, yeah. Yeah. New Orleans, throw that in there. There's a few. All right. Um, I will admit this before we go to break. We'll come back and talk some ice. Oh, let's do it now. Okay. All right. Let's hold talk on. to all our right, man. Okay. He's on hold. Okay. All right. Yeah. I want to say something first, though. Can I say something? For a guy for a guy who is an expert in geography, mm-hmm. I, I, and there's a corollary to this, but a guy, I'm embarrassed to say that I still, to this day, am mm-hmm. never quite sure... Is it Washington, Oregon, or is it Oregon, Washington? I'm still not sure if the upper left-hand corner is the state of Oregon or is it the state of Washington. Well, that's fair. I'm not even going to answer Is it that. Washington? I, I believe it's Washington, isn't it, or is it Oregon? So, for a guy who really knows geography, like, better than most, mm-hmm. I and I have one other, like, a sports um, corollary for that. Mm-hmm. For two guys who I think we have – demonstrated over and over very strongly for years who know as much or more about the Super Bowl as anyone. Yes. I still get a little brain twisted on was the first one Packers Raiders or Packers Chiefs. I still get a little twisted on that one as well. That's good. All right, let's go to the uh, fair, fair phone line. and le- Huh? As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. He likes that one. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. By the way, coach, I would suspect. Coach, which one is north of the other? Is it, oh, is it <laughs> California, Washington, Oregon or California, Oregon, Washington? No one knows. See? Yeah. See there? Yeah. He's I've never qu- been out there before. Yeah, he's uh, East Coast. What guy. kind of question is that? He coach, says. when you used to score, you would be a, 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 a PA guy's dream. With the last name. It's a great name. Luke. That's true. That's a good point. I'm sure you heard that a few yeah, times. Yeah, I heard that a few times back yeah. in my prime. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, uh, man, oh, man, congrats. Uh, um, you guys have, are playing, like, comeback hockey. That's got to be really satisfying. I mean, it's probably for a coach, it's probably a little frustrating. Like, why are we falling behind? But the, the never-quit attitude of this club is really coming to the forefront here lately, and it – was demonstrated again on uh, Wednesday as we get ready for some hockey this weekend. Yeah, um, I think it just, it's just a testament to our group. Um, we've really matured from last season. Mm-hmm. Another year of experience where 
we're somewhat battle tested now. So when we get in these situations, there's no sweat off our back. We're pretty calm, cool, and collected. And um, we just find a way to get the job done. Well, you've been perfect since we last talked to you. You know, a week ago, we're talking about, yeah, you're right on the border, but technically on the outside looking in of, of the playoff chase. And uh, lo and behold, three, four wins later, you're uh, surged all the way up into second in your division. And we've talked about the. Maybe the best division of any pro sports division. It's really good. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, competitive. I, mean, I, I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's what's crazy. been the key? You know, like we have. Um. Well, we've been scoring a lot of goals. Oh, well, there you yeah. go. Which is good because we've been giving up a lot. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but uh, I think it's just it's our depth. Uh, if you look at the box score from Wednesday night, we had five five different goal scorers and they're all our core guys so that's awesome we're we're pretty deep up front um guys are chipping in every night and it's a different guy so it's great to see yeah yeah i mean it's you you have scored the most goals in the in the south 141 so uh newfoundland scored 163 do you play newfoundland have you played them yet are they in the Uh, sketch we don't play them this year okay yeah they're uh Get them out of there. That's a long travel day. That is. <laughs> We're on the bus sometimes, you know, Hick. Uh, you got a weekend. Yeah, exactly. You got, yeah. a, got a back-to-back. You'd have, you'd have to take a boat if you're taking a bus. <laughs> Get to the um, they call it. Yeah, they, yeah, that's correct. Maybe a fer- Maybe there's a ferry up there, Coach. Just pull the bus See, on. There's some yeah, geography exactly. lessons yeah. to you yeah, for Newf- you. I know where New Finland is. Right. Thank you very all much. Right, right. Uh, you got back-to-back home games tonight and tomorrow. You got a great home crowd. We've talked about that before. You know, uh, we saw it with the Jags at the end of the year. The, our friends with the Jacksonville Sharks tell us here with the Iceman, man. Jacksonville gives great support uh, for its squads. And, you know, speaking to the division and how you've come back there, I would think, you know, when we do get to the point of the postseason, I know that's not your goal right now, but, man, you're just going to be some battle-tested teams, right? I mean, this is a division yeah, exactly. that's, that's beating I mean, up each other. Yeah, uh, you could say we've been playing playoff hockey since Thanksgiving just with how tight the division is. So, guys are battle-tested. We're ready to go, and um, it's a good challenge for us every night. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and we encourage folks all the time to get out there. And, and while it may give you gray hair at your young, young age, mm. uh, watching a, a 5-4 or 6-5 overtime game is really great for the fans. So you have been providing yeah. some wonderful entertainment so far, and you're going to do it again this weekend as we uh, continue to battle on and pile up some dubs and keep going and keep going strong. Uh, what's the one thing you want this weekend, Coach, from your club? Um. Uh- you know, we've been focusing a lot on our PK. Uh, mm-hmm. We've given up some goals um, uh, lately, so we've been working on that and just continue to tighten up defensively because mm-hmm. it's not like we're cheating for offense. When we do create offense, it's because we're in a good defensive position. It's just we've been giving up some chances where, where pucks are going in our net. So um, just tighten it up defensively overall, I guess I'd say. So you're talking penalty kills. Is that what you're referring? PKs. Co- Coach, remember, we're... We're, yes. we're hockey uh, too close yeah, to the World yeah, yeah. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. and so, what, what, so, what, what is a like? What do you? How do you tighten that up? Like, what do you do just specifically to kill penalty? Like, what's a good penalty kill? Like when you when you're watching as a coach, what do you want to see? Uh, there's different types of mm-hmm. ways teams kill penalties. We're aggressive. Okay. I feel like if we're going to get scored on, we should make an aggressive mistake and not just sit there and let them dictate okay. what they want to do. So. We're just kind of getting our routes. There's certain reads that guys got to do a better job of making off of another guy's read. So it's just not compounding mistakes over and over where it ends up in the back of our net. Um, so we do a lot of teaching through video, and uh, we kind of walked through it on the ice earlier this good, week. Good, good. I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you, and this is, again, you're going to roll your eyes because this is a dumb hockey take that I'll have, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. 
So as you know, I'm a Rangers fan, and when I watch not not this year, but in years the last few years, not last year either, quite frankly. But I hate when you're on the power play. This, I don't like this, Coach, and you can tell me why it's <laughs> it's not as bad a play as it, as it seems to me, the novice hockey fan or not the expert hockey fan. I hate dumping the puck in the zone. Like I hate when they flip it on the power play. They throw it in there, and then so, and I know sometimes they're changing you lines. You and me both. Okay, you do. Okay, so good. Yeah. So we want we want to skate it in there and set it up, man. Let's go. Enter with possession every time. Thank so you. If Thank we're dumping you. Dumping it in. We're not. We're not doing something right. Yes. Well, coach, if, if, you ever, if, you ever, if you ever need an excitable assistant <laughs> who will sing to yeah. your team pregame, Dan Hicken is your guy. Yeah. Thanks, coach. Have a great weekend. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. There he goes, Nick Luco. He's the head coach of the Jack. Home games tonight and tomorrow, man. Go down there. It's so much fun. Kind of hockey weather. Yeah. Put your little parka on. Head over to the. uh, So much fun. You'll have a great time, I promise you. Uh, You You can go to jacksiceman.com, by the way. You can Mm -hmm. get tickets there. All right, let's uh, turn our attention to the 9 o'clock hour when we return. Oh, yeah. You know that. I can feel it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we don't we do the Locket Law High School report every week. Uh-huh. And we have these athletes come through. Yep. And we had Bartram Trail girls soccer. Probably the best, oh not probably, the best public school uh program in the area. Yep. Last night, this music could have been playing because they were taking on their arch rival Creekside for a district oh, yeah. championship, remember? Yeah. And Creekside's the one who got them last year. They'd won two state championships in a row, then they then they got knocked out by Creekside last year. Creekside, uh-huh. for whatever reason, they know each other well, but they, they battle them. Right. So, like, the winner of that game probably will go win a state title. That's so anyway, tonight? No, it was last night. They oh. played this district, but they'll meet again in the play. Both are in the playoffs. So Creekside took the lead early. Uh-huh. And then Bartram Trail came back. Oh, no. And then with about a minute to go, I believe, Creekside tied it. Ooh. Three to three. So it's headed to overtime. But with 20 seconds to go, Bartram Trail won it. Woo! Four to three. That's a good rivalry. That's going a back good rivalry. Like, Bartram Trail beat schools like five nothing, seven nothing. Seven nothing. But this one, they they battled. And so, that, didn't that the one that the, the the game like before the girl was here had scored five goals or something? Olivia Bory and yeah. uh, and Anna Bachman were yeah. here, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, uh, but anyway, uh, but, so but in the other seats, but yeah, yeah. But so a, well, they, uh, they were talking about that game when they were in here with us, yeah. and, that, and and boy, it'll pale next compared to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I next hope, one will which, be I, which I, I hope comes along. Well, right, as long as they all win their playoff games, they'll meet again. So good stuff. But anyway, congrats to both programs and. Uh, and good battles. I wonder if it gets chippy. It does. They put those, oh, yeah. Those girls Like go. those two schools. Yeah, it like, does do get, get chippy? chippy. It does get chippy. Should, or what would it take for, and this isn't a, I don't mean this is like a judgmental question of should, but if you play in a basketball arena that only seats 1360 and you're playing your crosstown rivals, should all 1360 <laughs> seats be full? I'm sorry, before we get into this, I've... <laughs> I mean, I don't understand fighting. Like punching? And fighting? I told you I've, I've stumbled across this social media Twitter site. No. That I don't follow it, but people I follow follow it, and then they so retweet it, it so it yeah. pops up. What is it? Do you follow the Fight Haven, E? <laughs> no, but that's popped up on mine as well. All right, so this one like is uh, um, husband and wife at the Quick Trip at the Sip and Go. And wife 
yapping. At the husband. No, at the dude. Okay? At just some other guy. Yeah. And what? Are they inside? They're the- inside. They're by the coffee machine. Wife is going up, just yapping, yapping. I don't know what this, I don't, I can't hear it. I don't know what it's over, but she's barking at the guy. Guy's like, ah. and then she goes and starts swinging at him. On some guy she doesn't know. Correct. So, so, and she's pushing her husband, and her husband's behind him. Now her husband steps in, guy throws a couple punches, stuns him. She comes in, guy hits her. She comes back, or guy, the husband comes in, he knocks him down. Then the and the wife comes in full swinging, and the guy decked her. But what's he supposed to do? I don't understand. The guy decked her? Her. But she kept coming at him swinging. Yeah, but you don't deck her. What do you do? You grab her? Well, he's got the other guy coming in, so he's... You run away. Yeah. There's nowhere to run. He was stuck in the corner. Yeah, I bet you I'll get out of there. You think so? Yeah, man. Right. Figure it out, man. All right. You don't punch her, though. Wife was bigger than uh, the guy who got hit. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Just I saying. Get it. Anyway, continue on. Now, you asked me a question. Sounds like a hell of a sight. (laughs) Don't go there. Um, No, uh, JU and UNF uh, played last night. It's become a rivalry that's fun. Shout out to UNF. Congrats on the dub. Yeah, because UNF has been struggling, dude. They've lost three in a row, six out of seven. They Mm -hmm. need uh, JU, if memory serves, I meant to look this up earlier. Did Mm -hmm. they not beat UNF by like 1,000 last Last year year. at home? Last year they beat them uh, twice. And they've been on a a little run against them. JU was 5-5 in the league. uh, UNF was Mm 3-7. But UNF went in there last night. They jumped them early. Now, look. They built like a 20-something point halftime lead or 21 point, I think. And then JU went on a run to start the second. They got it within three. Mm-hmm. And and you're really wondering what might happen there. And and then UNF recovered, and they took off, and they got like – like, understand, in the A-Sun, everyone doesn't make the tournament. Oh, I know. You got to be in the top – is it the eight? Mm-hmm. They gotta, there's 14 teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some jockeying here to even have a chance to make some madness in March. And I, to be honest with you, it's going to be – It'll be tough for both JU and UNF to be in the conference tournament. It's the only way you get in. Can I have some pop quiz music, please, E? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. JU is tied for uh, six with four other teams, and then UNF's a game behind them. The two will play again tomorrow at five at UNF. Oh, We're going to start with UNF, and then we're going to transfer over. Yeah, by the way, Josh Allen was at the game last night. A couple people told me that. I need the uh, four head coaches in UNF history, please. Basketball. Basketball? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting one. Uh, Driscoll. Correct. Since 2009, Matty Driscoll. Shout out, Coach D. I'm going to forget. Swoop. I'm, 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 I'm forgetting one in here. Oh, no. Uh, Matty Kilcullen coached both. Matty Kilcullen had a good, like, 12-year run. I wonder if Matt's st- – is Matt still in town? I, I don't think so. No, I, no, I think no, I don't. I don't think he is. As a matter of fact, I thought I saw him somewhere else mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I always like Coach Kane. I think he liked us. Um, oh, I miss, uh, there's there's a the shortest one. tenured one. I know a the first one. That's easy. Who is I, it? Rich Zavosek is the Very first. Very nice. One. Yeah. Very nice. It's the other. It's the fourth that I'm having trouble with. Oh, you should get this one. This is right. the most well known of the four. Most well known for for you and for him. For his career and for his son's career. I see, oh, did Sidney Green coach that? Sidney Green. I got it. All right, now we switch he's over. He's forgettable. To, he's after Zavosik? Yes, 97 to 99. Now we switch over to JU. Yeah, I won't get as many of them. 16 I don't think. coaches all time. Uh, 
I'm looking for 11. I think I can get 11. Okay. But maybe not, because I don't know anything prior to when I got here. You Rich, don't? Uh, so okay. let me go as best I can. Richard Ad. Correct. Our guy before, a friend of the program, and with uh, uh, Bob Wenzel. Yep. Um, Bob Wenzel was the coach when I got here. One of the first interviews I ever did in television. Shout out, Coach Bob. All right. Uh, Hugh Durham. Durham. Uh, Cliff Warren. Cliff Warren. Um, uh, Coach Mincy, obviously. Coach Mincy. Current one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we had the guy, the guy we just had. He was here for years. Um, mm-hmm. Come from, from, oh, no. from Indiana. Oh, uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, Coach Jassick. Ah, he's got Tony, six. Tony Jassick. Uh, Buster Harvey. Seven. George Scholes. Eight. Have I hit everyone that's been here since I got here? Except one. I'm missing one since since I got here. I'm yeah. missing one, huh? Yeah. Oh, Coach Kilcullen. Nine. That's all the ones since I got here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get to 11. I can tell okay. you, oh, Coach Williams. It went, it, it, right? Ten. Joe Williams took him to the. You only need one more. <sighs> It'd be whoever. There's one you could, you could, you'll definitely know that you could get. It came before Wenzel, right? He was good friends with Bob Knight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I do. Uh, Tate's Lock. Tate's Lock. There's 11. Okay. You're missing Don Beasley, Bob Gottlieb, Tom Wasden, who took Joe Williams' place, and then the two before Joe were Raleigh Rourke and Dick Kendall, which I, I will would give not myself get extra credit only because of this, Dan. Those are literally the only 11 I've heard of. Yeah. I have not heard of any of those you other. Never guys. heard of Tom Wasden? I've not. Okay. Was he maybe? Did he come back to JU another? As an assistant AD or something like that? Why do I know that name? Maybe I just know it from – he was – he replaced Williams, you said? Yeah. Okay, maybe that's why. So, uh, yeah, JU, UNF. And I, I if if you missed the first one, you can go catch him tomorrow. Yeah, obviously nobody – Which know, I don't think Nobody they, knows the programs like me, apparently. Yeah, apparently. I don't think they necessarily <laughs> like that, but it's kind of cool that they just, you know, they yeah. play and then they play. I, I don't like it. No? No, I think they just spread it out and build yeah. it up a little bit. And, well, there you go. Who, who, that's advantage UNF getting the Saturday five o'clock, no? Yeah. All right, JU gets the advantage UNF. They're a little more centrally located. Yeah. Like, if you're going to pick a game to go, I almost came in and made the bold declaration, but you always laugh at me, so I'll just do it afterwards. But uh-huh. I'm going to put out some feelers. I may go to the UNF game tomorrow. <laughs> See, that's what you do. It's just a jackass. I've done much better at that lately. You have done I've been, better. Like, I'm almost batting a 1,000. I don't want to keep bringing it up because then I won't. But, yeah, I mean – Either games I'm going to say I'm well, going to go or, or trips You can't or worry about me. I'm not worried about you. Okay. I'm not going to You make, do what you want to do. I, if I, it's your if, life. If, I, if, I, if I'm not feeling like going, I'm not going to go, oh, my God, Dan's going to shame me. I'm going anyway. Trust this me. Was the, I you was, know better than that about but me. But this was what really created. I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. This is what really created, E, something we've done through years. And I don't know if you've been a part of this. It's called the Hick and Lean. Uh, yeah. Have you the, ever heard of the Hick yeah. and Lean? Yeah, no. it's real. The Hick and Lean is real. From the standpoint, and you'll get that it it's, eventually. It's, and it's I'm powerful. It's obnoxious. It never goes away until you just get until he just gets what when he wants. When I decide <laughs> that you should do something, <laughs> yeah, you know, you lean. I lean. It's a lean nonstop. I leaned on your predecessor, one Steve Booty, about going to Disney, taking his kids to Disney. Uh-huh. He would not do it, and he. I leaned on him. He did it. I used to lean on Jeff a little bit about concerts. And now I become a concert or guy. Or taking vacations is the one he used Vacations. Because forever, I never oh, went on vacation. Right. That was a vacations one. And then I just really... kind of started, and yeah, there the, we go. The, yeah. the vacation one was the one that frustrated me. Yeah. And he's like, I had, I, I, I had three like, kids, like, you know, under eight, nine years old. Got to go on just, vacation. You know, 
Got to go on vacation. He meant, and by vacation, don't get me wrong. We did family vacations every year, but he yeah. meant like, you know, us going, for you. going away somewhere yeah. for the weekend or yeah. for the year. I'm going to yeah. tell you right now that you ain't going to have to lean on me to do something for me. No. Okay. Uh, you ain't going to have to lean. No, it's not necessarily for you. But he does the lean, you. like the lean that I had to take the kids and the whole family to the World Series. Or yes. the lean that oh, I had to Or the oh, lean okay. that I had to spend a million dollars on the wedding. Right. That yes. kind of okay. stuff. Those are the lean. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, <laughs> I enjoy those lean. leans mostly with yeah. Jeff because he likes he to spend, spend my money. money. Yeah. I like <laughs> to spend his money. He likes to spend my money. And I enjoy that. So that is yeah. fair. But I did. I leaned on him hard on those so, two. But point being, it was fair because you, I used to say something like, hey, you know, Hick, I think uh, I think the wife and I will go down to the Tampa Jazz Fest this weekend. Right. Some nonsense. No, you're not. <laughs> Shut up. Right? I mean, something as simple as, hey, I think we're uh-huh. going to go uh-huh. see this uh-huh. movie this weekend. No, you're not. And it would be right. Uh-huh. But I've answered the lean of quite a bit through the years. I and I've now caught Dan, I would guess, in career concert appearances. Oh, yeah. I'm maybe. getting there. Yeah. Although I've bounced back of late because yeah, I went to it's been a while since Elton I've been to one, and and I've got the Eagles coming up, and I'm going to Springsteen in a couple weeks. I don't remember the last one. I, I think Sting may have been the last Springsteen, one. Springsteen. Uh, I wonder how he did last. I hope he had a good show last. I think it was last night in Tampa. Opened yeah. up the tour. We are uh, we have similar likes, and we have you know a few dislikes. Very few of the dislikes are strong differences of opinion. Mm-hmm. But I I just and this is fighting words here. Mm-hmm. I I I wouldn't go see Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. if it was free. Mm-hmm. I do not like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, he's losing his. I don't. And Frangie's going to offend him too. I. Yeah. I just don't like him one bit. I don't like the, the sound Sprung of his voice. from it's, cages yeah, yeah. out on Highway uh, Nine, Chrome wheel fuel injected, and stepping out yeah, over I, the line. Yeah. I don't know if he he doesn't sound like oh, that. Oh, baby, let's go to break. Et. We'll come back with more next on the GFL it's Friday. It's a death trap. It's a suicide rap. We gotta get out while we're Hurry. young. Hurry. Cause tramps like us. Baby, we were born to run. All right, uh, listen, um, Empire State Building, you are messing up. But well, now what they do? Well, they think they play to billions and not the city. And they say they will go green for the Eagles if Philly wins the Super Bowl. Come on, man. I would, I would suggest if they go green again and not learn their lesson that every New Yorker never steps foot into the Empire State Building again. And then you think it's all so funny? Then you know what? Hit him in hit him in the pocketbook, because I don't. The Empire State Building will continue its annual practice of being a virtual scoreboard for the Super Bowl, and will again uh, light for the winning team. Um, yeah, they believe they play to billions and not locals. Well, yeah, you do play to billions. You tell the world that you don't give a rat's rear about where your home is. Yeah. You're for anyone. Yeah, I, I don't on. like that. I don't like that. Philly at all. and New York have rivalries beyond Giants Eagles. By yeah. the way, I mean I'm sure there's. Business rivalries for those cities trying to attract things or have things or keep things. That's, yeah. that's terrible. Apparently, it's happened in the past. Was it you that said that or someone else told me? My, somebody else must They've have done it for other stuff, Hick. They did it for like... Uh, for the, a rival, though? I, I don't... Um, I'm a, Let me look it up. I don't want to uh-huh. speak out of turn. Uh-huh. But, yeah, something to the, like, the equivalent man, of that's like... A, that's that's blood, blood rival right there, man. You can't do that. So... Um, New York City Sanitation Commissioner Jessica Tish, note, note the last name, tweeted, for anyone who finds this as treacherous, traitorous, and unforgivable as we do, just pretend it's green and right for New York's strongest. We take out the trash every day, day and next year, that'll include the Eagles. <laughs> I, I just, it's, I mean, the, your entire city is telling you stop. Right. You stop. You stop. That's all there is to Don't it. Don't double down. 
And you're not bigger than you're not you're not worldwide. You're a New York City building. Settle down, Empire State Building. I know I saw that they've done it in the past for other stuff. I wish I could. I wish I had made a I note of it. I don't like time. it. But they did. De- they did like. I, well, <sighs> We're gonna honor the Braves when they That's, win the World I, Series. I mean, and there was something along those lines. I'm not kidding. Like, was it could, Celtics? Maybe. Did they do green for the Celtics? Did we? I'm telling you, it was something. There was another team. That's a hard one to, like, Google search. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Speaking of colors. Yes. I tease this with you in the break. I didn't tease this to the audience. Mm-hmm. You've brought this up before. We've never spent much time on it. I've thought it for years, I think, even before you brought it up to me as a point of the radio conversation. But the NBA has got to get, it's got to corral itself. They are just out of control with the uniform combos, and now it's even worse, okay? Used to be an expectation that if you turned on a game, the home team was in white, the road team was in its road jerseys, they each wore just those jerseys all year long. Mm -hmm. There's never any doubt where you were, where the game was, who the home team was. They've just gone so bat-ass-crazy on these uniform combos. There's, I mean, I got teams wearing colors that don't even apply to them. Right. I what was home. the one that set you off? I couldn't even t- maybe I don't even I, I think it may have been like the like the Memphis Grizzlies or someone mm-hmm. or Phoenix. It hadn't like, no, it was Portland and they were in like a green <laughs> uniform and it said PDX. PDX. What does that have to do with Portland? But the now it's even worse though. Yeah. Okay. Not only is there no more rhyme or reason to the uniforms, I I listen. I watch more NBA than 99.9% of the people that are listening to the show right now. Okay. There should never be a time where I turn on a game and it takes me a second to figure out who's who. Right. Your your game last night, uh, who did you just beat? The Heat. The Heat are in white I and you're in black. I thought the Heat were the Knicks for a second. Exactly. I, I did. When I looked at it, I was like, wait a minute. What's it's happening so here? annoying. But <laughs> I got it's now it's even worse, Dan. Uh-huh. It's even worse than that. It's even got? harder now. Now... They changed the floor every other game. Oh, no. You'll watch the floor. One game, it'll be green borders and a red. And then the next game, the whole floor will be gray. Well, how is that a revenue source? Do they sell the I floor? I guess they do. I guess they're selling a different. But but you can literally watch a game one day with one floor. With, uh-huh. and, and then the next de- time they're on that floor, have different uniforms, different floor. It's maddening. Maddening. Uh, Mike from Mandarin has a question <sighs> for us on the Fair and Fair phone lines. Hello, Michael. Morning, gentlemen. I have a question about the Dan Hicken question of the day on Twitter. Okay. So, Arden Key, yeah. Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. and Jawan Taylor. Yes. Only one of those guys did we draft and grow and help turn into a great player, and now we're going to let him go? Okay. You're referring to Jawan. That's a good point. That's what we're supposed well, to do, it... right? Draft and develop, second-round pick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we let a lot of those guys go, haven't we? And we haven't had success. Are we supposed to grow those guys, Pross? Not when you have a tight end, which is a more important position, and uh, with no backup, whereas your your tackle, you have a backup who played on the other side for the last five, six games. That's why, to me. Don't listen to him, Mike. You had a good point. Thank you for the call. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, you play one tight end. Outside of Evan Ingram, we Uh have zero. Uh You play two tackles. We have three. Gotta have depth, baby. I get it. You Crafting also gotta have. You also gotta have money. You gotta have a budget. You gotta have a salary cap. In uh, a perfect world, listen. If this were last year, I'd be all for giving Juwan Taylor the money we wasted on Foley Fatakasi. I'd be mm-hmm. all for it. Okay, but we're not. We're under the. We're over the cap. We we're gonna have to cut. We're gonna have to cut guys we want to keep. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I mean, 
look, it's a, it's going to be it's hard it's going to be harder to keep any of those guys based on the cap situation. It's a Wednesday, February third, which means it's time for the E to the T history yeah. moment of the day. E history month continues now as um, we started this on Wednesday. We every learned day. a lot uh, from mo- E. We uh, learned a that poignant moment in E history. Original language is Creole. That's correct. We learned that yesterday was his anniversary of being shipped off to. New Jersey Is it and the boot United camp? States. Do they call it boot camp? For U.S. Coast yep. Guard. Boot Coast camp. Guard. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm wondering at, at a certain point in time, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. But he did follow through and finished. Nice. And today we are about to learn. Can you something swim else. now? Did you ever learn to swim? Oh, they call me Mike Phelps. My they guys. had to, right? Oh yeah. Now is it like the one movie they just throw you in the water and you're on your own? Or it wasn't as intense as that movie. <laughs> <laughs> did you hit the pool first before you hit the ocean, or they just toss you in the ocean? Oh, never hit the ocean. Never okay. hit the ocean. Do they cold. give you? What did you have to lie your way in and tell them that you knew how to swim, or they don't care in this Coast Guard that I've got a non- I got a non-swimmer here? So there was a, a, a designated day where we all went swimming. We took the swim test. Okay, you probably I, didn't do too well. Oh, I, I passed out with flying colors. You did. It was the treading water part. Yeah, apparently you could swim. This yeah. is a lie. You were a so swimmer I, after. So all. you had to swim around the pool. I did that with flying colors. But after you swim the the, the couple of laps, uh-huh. now you got to go right into treading water. I'm like, ah, no, nah, count me out, bro. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm getting. <laughs> Put, All me, right. put me in the shallow end, and I'll right, try so anyway, my toes on the bottom. We're on again. It's uh, it's E's month here on the radio station and the program. So yes. uh, it, to celebrate E History Month, here it is, E History number three. Uh, e History number three. Uh, actually, today is the first day that this actually ever happened. Okay. But um, earlier this month, or maybe it was back in January, I was asked to be featured mm-hmm. in a magazine. Oh. Um, Voyage. Jacksonville oh, okay. did a spread on your boy. Some say that's the Time Magazine of Jacksonville. I do. Yeah. Uh, me too. Yeah. Voyage. <laughs> Voyage Jacksonville. When magazine. is the story and issue coming out? Today. Well, oh. it comes out today. It comes well, out. There you today. go. The magazine itself. Well, I don't know when is the magazine it? come out, but my story is is out. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying you could go. It's online. It'll, it'll be on my. Social is it online media. right now or no? Right now, it's online. Have you right? posted who, it on Twitter? Who? Post right now. Who was your interviewer? Do we know him? Um, I've heard. No? Uh, no. Okay. No. I don't know. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, well, I look it. forward to reading it. Absolutely. Well, there we go. There's more in e-history. There E-History will be month. even more history in there. Absolutely. That's great. You can learn more about e-history right. within that e-history update. So uh, Pete Thamel now says Texas and Oklahoma will join the SEC in 2025 as parties couldn't come to terms amid a complex negotiation between the two schools, two networks, and the Big 12. So you got to remember all that is involved here because it is television. That matters, right? Um, the SEC is just going to yeah be be that much more emboldened with Oklahoma and Texas. You you know, Oklahoma needs to get the right coach. I'm not sure Brent Venables is that guy. I mean, you wonder the same thing with Sarkeesian. I will say this: it's it's you know, correct me. Has Texas been to a playoff? They haven't, have they? No. Texas and Florida, same boat on that one. I don't think so. Losers can't even make one playoff all these years. Um. Oklahoma's made a bunch, but they've mm-hmm. never won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I don't think those things get better or improve joining the SEC. Um, yeah, I don't. Tough. I don't see. Do you? I don't. If Texas never won an SEC in my lifetime, I wouldn't be surprised at all. They're, they're, Texas can't be inflated anymore, Dan. They already recruit well. They already have facilities. They already have things. I guess it's, you got to get that right coach, don't you? Yeah. got to get that guy, man. You do. In college football, he is the – he. that's it, man. He, he's the, tr- tr- the straw. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, so anyway, I'll watch some NBA tonight. I'll have no idea who I'm watching. Okay. I'll just, I'll just enjoy the athleticism going up and down the court because the court will look, you know, nothing like it did the last time that team played there. And the uniforms, who who even knows? I mean, I wonder what basketball team wore the most different uniform combinations. I mean, Great question. in like one year, I bet you, I mean, I know my Hawks for sure have worn at least 10 different ones. At least 10 Miami got to be up there too. Oh, yeah. You know, they have all yes. kinds of different crazy combinations. They do. And then, um, oh, that was the Red Sox when they wore the yellow. That was yeah, that but was... they only do it every once in a while. I mean, this year it's just this is um yeah. And then you had these city editions. You throw those in there. They've got all these weird. I mean, it's bad when they you don't even match your team colors. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if if the Fina, if the Portland Trailblazers are playing and their uniforms are green and pink, that just doesn't make any damn sense, Dan. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we've already done that. That's going to do it to it. I'll make fan for home. We will when we return. Let's yeah. do it. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Hey, Tony. I would do it. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would tell you, but it's just a whole different. I don't want to go yeah. off into that. What's going on? They're getting <laughs> freaky at the villages again. Go ahead and Google yourself. Yeah, let me we'll slide have, to the uh, villages, Tommy Madison for the show this morning. Nice. All right. Um, and our question of the day today asking, uh, it was exactly one year ago today mm-hmm. that the Jacksonville Jaguars hired Doug Peterson to be their Finally. head coach. Yes. So our question of the day asking, what was your favorite Doug Peterson-related moment from the past year? Oh, a lot to choose from. Yeah. A lot to choose from. It's funny, too. and. Man, he had a great percentage his first year. And there's going to be times where the percentage goes down, you know? Yeah. It's going to be a time. And there were times we sat there and go, this isn't why so, not take the points th- or why not, yeah. you know? This is, so not more, this is more than a moment I remember. But what I took from, and I've, I've, I, I took this more from this coach than any other coach the Jaguars have had, and I haven't really thought about it. But what a great psychologist he ended up being, too. Yeah, he pushed the right buttons. He told those guys things, and then they would happen. You earn your trust from players. Right, it's never going to go away because you said, "Do this, this will happen." Mm-hmm. You know, he was very prophetic. You mm-hmm. know, he came out of a game at Detroit where they got just absolutely railroaded and said, "That's a one-off. Yeah. Uh, no one's worried about it. We're not worried. That wasn't us. That's not us. Don't and worry they, about it. I got a crystal ball." And then yeah. they turned around right. and won yeah. every game. So I, you know, the psychology and how it just played out perfectly. What he told his team and what would happen. Really stands out to me, but that's not your question at all. So I just yeah. don't mean to sure get off get off script. Have a great a show bit. and a great weekend. Thank you much. All right, Mike and Tony getting ready for Jaguar State. Tommy Mack in the house as well. Uh, our work here on a Friday is through. It is. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. The contract says so. So have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you then. It's been a GFL Friday on the drill.